Tonight's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on The Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by ZipRecruiter. They know hiring can be a challenge. As Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered, she needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She went to ZipRecruiter.com, posted her job, found the right person in less than two weeks. I wasn't surprised. Four out of five employers would post on ZipRecruiter, get a quality candidate within the first day. You could too. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, while Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes fight for the win, there's still one thing they can agree on. Great coverage from State Farm. Because State Farm's agents are available in person by phone or through the award-winning mobile app. Yeah, find a State Farm agent. That'll be there for you however you need them. Talk to a State Farm agent today. 2019 Mobile Web Award winner. Best Insurance Mobile App and Best Bank Mobile App. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com and The Ringer Podcast Network and The Ringer's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ringer, where Palooza is coming on Tuesday. We love to celebrate the first day of the NBA season, which is this Tuesday, with a whole bunch of new content that we premiere on Twitter and on our YouTube channel. We have been uh, making videos and all kinds of things for the last few weeks. We will be premiering all of them on Tuesday. We will also have a Sports Rewatchables podcast that will run on this after we premiere it on uh, live on at Ringer on Twitter or YouTube.com slash Ringer. So if you liked all the Palooza stuff we did the last couple of years, check this out, including the return of Take Hunter 4 because that's happening too. And a whole bunch of other things. Lakers wine bottle team. I don't want to spoil all of it, but it's all coming. Coming up, Cousin Sal, then Jacko. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. Okay, so usually Sunday nights is just for me and Sal, but given the traumatic Yankees loss this weekend, we had to call Jacko. So we did that tonight as well. He is going to be on at the end of this podcast. Right now, we're bringing in the cuz. Hey, Google, call Cousin Sal. Calling Cousin Sal, mobile. Oh, who's this? <laughs> What's happening? What's going on, man? Uh, you're in Brooklyn. How mm-hmm. much? How much? Uh, how much pizza? How many bagels? What's What's the food tally so far? I'm not there yet with the pizza and bagels. I just got here late last night. Uh, Jimmy took us to some swanky um, restaurant in Williamsburg, which didn't have pizza, but it had uh, pretzel encrusted pork schnitzel, and I was like, I'm in on that. I uh, took a bow and took a bite in uh, honor of house. And then today it was like all pub food because I had all my buddies at at the bar. Oh, good. I'll go crazy with the pizza. Yeah. Good day for you. Cowboys win. A lot of good stuff happening. What was the highlight of the day for you? That was it, right? I mean, that was pretty good. That was a pretty good ass kicking. Going into the bye, we needed it. You know, I I, I can't say anything bad about them, really. I, I guess the Eagles defense, their secondary was worse off than everyone thought because uh, Dak just had his way with that with that team, and they ran for a first down, threw for a first down whenever they needed to, and they came up playing big on defense, and Jason Garrett didn't figure into it, and that's all you want from a Cowboys game, and now they have the lead going into the bye. Yeah, I don't mean to rain on your parade, but 
I thought that was a way worse Eagles loss than a good Cowboys win because, you know, now the Eagles, they're in a situation, six of the seven games, they've fallen behind by 10 plus early, which mm -hmm. it, it was my one fear with them. They have a way of like fighting back in these games and they tried to do it today and couldn't get going, but feels like something's really wrong with that team. And I'm at the point mentally where the fact that Doug Peterson outcoached Bill Belichick in a Super Bowl, it's going to start keeping yeah. me awake at, at night soon. So <laughs> it just is. Let's not forget Doug Peterson guaranteed victory or whatever. He said, we're going to win this game. I think as soon as uh, the, the game was over last week, uh, whatever atrocious loss they had last week. So I don't know. I had a credit, uh, Doug Peterson. I had SportsCenter on after the game and Jerry Jones was being interviewed by reporters, which I always think is hilarious when the owner is being interviewed. Uh, so mm -hmm. what'd you, what'd you think in the box there on third, on the third quarter of blah, blah, blah. Like what, 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 what good outcome is there from a Jerry Jones interview? I guess there's good outcomes from, for the media, but for the Cowboys, what good can come out of a Jerry Jones interview after a win? I, I can't think of anything. None, none. And like, I think I said last week, at least he's consistent. He always says he's not firing Jason Garrett and he never, ever fires Jason Garrett. But I will say like the, the weird thing with the, with the quarterback, with Pre Prescott, boy, it really, whatever the wind's blowing is people's opinion is like, he beats up on the dolphins. He beats up on the Redskins and they're like, Oh, you got to give him $40 million. Give him whatever he wants. I know you just signed uh, uh, Zeke, but you have to give, you have to give Dak whatever he wants. Then he loses badly to the Packers. He loses to the Jets and it's like, Phew, good thing Jerry waited. And then today he has a good game and Collinsworth's like, I think he's got to have a cup of coffee with Jerry sometime <laughs> soon. Like, I know. Can we just wait to see what happens by the end of the year? Maybe he's worth 33 million and not 40, not 30. I don't know. He did look good today. He is the ball yeah. was coming out. Zeke looked good. That was about as good of a Cowboys performance as mm -hmm. you're going to get. Collinsworth is never really that critical, but uh, went as far as he could possibly go with the Eagles near the end where he's like, ah, I, I, I just expected a little more from the Eagles tonight, which to, <laughs> for him is like, you know, an, an absolute assassination. I agree with him. Yeah, though. I don't, it's a Sunday night game. Doug Peterson. I think he's just dining on this Belichick win. That's it. I, I yeah. think this is just, the, he's kind of done it now. He's he's walked it. It's funny. I had uh, Jeff Chow, who uh, the Ringer president, who's an Eagles fan. He uh -huh. emailed Sean. He texted Sean, fantasy Jets fan, and was like, "That was an awful three hours. Is this what's being? Is this what being a Jets fan is like?" I thought that was mean. <laughs> I I don't know. I feel like he might need to apologize later, especially because things are turning out. <laughs> um. All right. So. I have a few things to throw at you. First of all, yeah. the NFC East record right now is 10 and 18. Wow, is it that bad? Yeah, I guess it is. You're 6 and 14 outside of your division. Um, there's only one division worse record-wise. Can you guess? The division that's worse than that is, uh, oh, well, the Saints have a good record. Otherwise, I was going to say South. Um it's not the AFC West. Uh, wait, let me get this. It's not your division because the Bills are a Jesus, fraudulent. There's five eight divisions. How do you? How can you not all get right, this? All right, all God. right. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, oh, it's got AFC North. Yeah, AFC okay. North is yeah. nine and seventeen, and five and thirteen mm. in outside division games. The Ravens are five and two and have now a two and a half game lead in the AFC North, mm. and I I think they were actually the big winner today because. I thought they were the good, bad team. 
the team that just beats the yeah. other bad teams. That was a A plus professional win by them in Seattle. And now, you know, they they have a chance to be potentially a three seed, maybe even a two seed if there's some AFC West wackiness. Their defense yeah. looked about as good as it's looked all season. I I think Marcus Peters is fool's gold, but he did play well today. Most important, Lamar Jackson went into a really difficult place to play and had Mm -hmm. five or six holy shit plays in that game. Did you watch that game? Because I thought he was awesome. I I told you last week, I don't think you made it at the, uh, you made it the marquee match. I was like, oh, this should be it. You can't take your eyes off either of these quarterbacks. This is the game to watch. And Lamar Jackson, I felt like he heard us and said, you know what? I'm going to prove that I'm better than Russell Wilson this year. And not only that, the door's wide open for the MVP. I'm I'm vaulting to the top two or three right here. I'm making it my game. And he did. He really did. They were there was and now let's Seattle's another team that was just kind of lucky. Um, I think I said they the last eight games, one point games, they've won all of them, and they've won very close ones this year. And we we weren't sure what to make of it. Obviously, the, the Rams one was very close, but I'm not gonna take anything away from the Ravens. They kicked ass. They're the second best right now in the AFC. Well, as you know, I love to compare everything to the NBA. And uh, mm-hmm. we did, I remember like a year ago, we did a whole Mahomes-Curry thing. The similarities with them, not just with how exciting and unique Mahomes was and how it resembled when Curry's career really started to take off in 2012-13, right. but you know that they were ushering in what felt like this new era of football. And I don't think Lamar's doing that. But what he was doing today reminded me of a basketball game when one guy is just really feeling it, you know, Mm -hmm. a really close back and forth game. And then somebody's like, oh my God, he just hit a 28 footer. Oh my God. He just went through five guys. Uh, It it was the the crazy thing was, and I watched the entire game. I I don't know how many drops they had, but Andrews dropped at least three easy 15 yard passes. And they had a couple other drops, but I didn't even feel like his receivers really even played that well. He was just so good they couldn't lose. Yeah, right. Like I, I honestly like he I got to give him credit because in this day and age like we've seen enough of the RG3s of the world and who else the running co- quarterbacks they get a Cam Newton was a running quarterback, Steve Young, these guys get hurt and Lamar Jackson doesn't care. He's taken off. His goal is to have like a 150 yards rushing a game. And that's like, that's minimal for him. And it's like, oh boy, I'm like watching a guy who's now playing without a helmet, you know, because right. I've seen so many times it's been proven that this is not going to work or this is not going to last. And, and damn it, he's going to win this way. And uh, really, that really like, I, I go I go crazy when Clay Travis shows stats about quarterback ratings and how Lamar does. I was like, don't show his quarterback rating. Right. He's a running quarterback, and there's nothing wrong to say about that, you know? He, he wins games like that, and uh, and he puts up phenomenal numbers on the ground. So can't discredit that. I don't want to say he's the best running quarterback I've ever seen because I think we've seen a lot of them. I've never seen mm-hmm. a quarterback more in control of situations that usually when we see a quarterback in them, you're like, oh my God, this guy's going to get killed. Or, oh my God, you should slide. Or, what are you doing? Why are you taking this guy head on? He, there's this split second where the defenders have just never seen anything like this before, where they're expecting to be on the attack with the QB, and yet the QB is like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm actually... I'm actually going to decide what's going to happen here. And he flips it on them. Mm-hmm. It, it's like watching, you know, like if you had, if I was co- being cornered by a pit bull or something and you flipped it on the pit bull 
And the pit bull is like, wait a second, yeah. what's going on? I thought you were supposed to be scared here. That's kind of what uh, he's doing over and over again with with these linebackers and defensive ends where, you know, he, he's either going by them or he's lowering his shoulder and knocking them over. I don't know. I, I really enjoy it. I'm going to throw this at you. The most well, let me just say this. I, I think it's even more impressive that he doesn't lean on his arm and everybody sees this coming in the run. That's by far his most impressive part of the game and scariest part of his game. And he's not like Michael Vick, who was a great running quarterback. I think he had like 10 hundred yard rushing games in his career. But Michael Vick had a cannon, so he had to watch for both. Like Lamar, yeah. you know, you could maybe play the safeties too deep and uh, and not have to worry as much with Lamar, but he still shreds them on the ground. So, yeah, and he's he's got a lot of confidence and a lot of swagger, and they did an awesome job, as we've discussed pretty much every week, of building the perfect yeah. offense around him. So the most fun quarterback power rankings right now. Mahomes had Ooh. this for a solid year, but now we have Gimpy Mahomes. Now we have Mahomes who's yeah. not even playing, but even when he comes back, it's going to be, let's take it slow. Let's be careful, Mahomes. I think Lamar's the most, I think the the championship belt has been passed. Lamar has it, right? Uh, well, I said, what did I say last week? I said, I wanted to see Lamar and Russell Wilson before Brady and Breeze or any anything else. Like, so... I think I put those to it, but Mahomes is really when he's on his game, it's a lot of fun. Well, it really is. So now, those, th I think that's one, two, three. Now he's a gimp, so it doesn't matter. Lamar, <laughs> I have the my top six is Lamar Rogers. This is just right now; could change mm -hmm. next week. Lamar Rogers, yeah. Mahomes, Watson, Russell Wilson, my 2019 man crush Jacoby Brissett, and finishing last, mm -hmm. Mitch Trubisky. That's my list. I was just gonna throw that in as I was gonna throw that in as a joke because I hate his guts right now. He killed he cost me so much money. You talk about the worst thing that happened to me today. It was backing <laughs> the Bears who didn't have a chance. They were so bad today. But uh I don't argue with those first five. So let's talk about the Trubiscaholics. He Jeez. had I, I was even gonna tweet this because I went and looked it up, and it was when the game was over, it was like 33 to 10 or whatever whatever the score was. And mm -hmm. I looked it up and he had like 25 passes for 110 yards or something and yeah. no, and no TDs. They had six first downs at the time I looked it up. I was going to do a snarky tweet and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. There's going to be a day and it's not too far away when the New England Patriots don't have the best quarterback of all time. And I'm stuck with somebody like Mitch Trubisky <laughs> and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be, you know, all gleeful that this guy's terrible. So I didn't do the tweet. And then, of course, in garbage mm. time, he he led two TDs and did did his whole yeah, thing right. and padded the stats. He's awful, um, and I think he's killed. It, the, it looked like it then didn't, didn't it look like he was like a third string quarterback who just came in, didn't get reps all week, and was just throwing underneath and getting screen passes blocked, and it was just oh, I, I yeah. couldn't take it anymore. They couldn't move the freaking ball, and then when they did, they fumbled every single time. I mean, really, they had the kick return for a touchdown. Otherwise, it was. Zero offense through like three quarters, like you said. Um, well, he's yeah, that was bad, bad news. I mean, we look. There's always eight to ten bad quarterbacks every year. I think what makes this mm -hmm. situation unique is the same thing that made the Bortles thing unique last year, where you had this team that, from a talent standpoint, is a top six or seven team, and the lack of not only success but confidence in the quarterback really feels like it's killed the team. I'd feel like the Bears 
watching them in that Raiders game a couple weeks ago, watching them today, like they, their defense, I know Hicks is out. That hurts, obviously, but their defense mm. is still really talented. They kind of rolled over as that game went along. And I think it, when you're in a yeah. situation where your quarterback just stinks, I, at some point, aren't you just like, ah, what does it matter? <laughs> We're going to hold them to 17 points. He's not going to be able to score it. 18. So we're screwed. And at some point you let up. And I, I think we saw that with the Jaguars last year. We saw that with the bears this year. And it's the same situation where you just wait, you wait, you wait, you pretend it's not a problem. You're like, ah, maybe we can squeeze by with this and they're going to throw away a whole year, which really sucks because you know, that Khalil Mack trade was basically a win now trade and it didn't happen right, last it year. It look bad. Yeah. Now this uh -huh. year you throw that away. And, uh, I, I, I just think they need to do something and I don't think they will. I, I think that it always well, is till the off season when you do something. As far as today went and you, you hit it on the head with the garbage points at the end, but there were 61 points scored. Like I thought this was going to be a game where I'm not even saying the bears are better than the saints, but the saints have won like three games in a row that they don't need. Like not, they're not division games. They're on the road. They're winning like Bridgewater's coming through. I thought this was the one they take off. And I thought the bears step up. And like you said, they had two weeks off because they were in a, coming off the London game, they look so soft. The defense, they looked like they got beat up in the trenches and um, it was nonstop. Like Khalil, I mean, Bridgewater had a couple plays where he had eight seconds to throw. Like anybody is going to be able to uh, capitalize on that. Also Kamara was out. Like everything was pointing to take the bears today and they, they really got smoked. You know, Trophies. Washington started the Niners game, which I had the mm. Niners in the over and a tease, not realizing it was a monsoon in Washington. I should probably look up the weather. Before and we also we also it. had them to win by twenty two or more. That that was a that was a. But we should check the weather more. If probably we're actually professionals at this. Should have known about the monsoon. I mean, Jimmy G's a good oh, quarterback, man. but could not grip the ball. He had a couple of passes where yeah. the ball just kind of went sideways on him. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Washington started that game with ten straight runs. And it was comical. Mm -hmm. It was even like it was sick, second and 18. They're still running. Like they're just like, we are just going to kill the clock, run the ball, shorten the game. You, you can put, put nine guys up there. That's fine. We're going to run the ball again. It seems like right. that's just what the Bears should do. The Bears just be like, look, we're going to run the ball. Just, you're going to have to believe us. We're going to run it. You want to put more guys up there? Yeah. Great. And then like every 10 plays, maybe a play action to a wide open tight end. And that's really it. I wouldn't right. do anything else with Trubisky. I really wouldn't. And I don't understand why they don't scramble with him either. That's the other thing. This guy was supposedly this, yeah. you know, combine guy. He used guy. to be a running quarterback too. I know. I, you know, and then Nagy was, Nagy's gotten bad too. Like, I don't know what happened. Like they had one drive where it was like, you know, it was like, second and eight and they throw short and then third and two, they throw long. It's like, ah, oh, you're yeah. killing the drive there. Don't let Trubisky throw long on third and two. Figure something else out there. But yeah, he should run the ball. Montgomery, who I had in like two fantasy leagues, had zero points. Like, I think he ended up with zero or one uh, fantasy points. So yeah, they, they really didn't mix it up at all. I, I, I hated that team today. I was so mad at them. They're in a really dangerous spot because there's two teams. In I don't see how they make it. Well, yeah. yeah, there's two teams in their division that are just better than them. And mm -hmm. uh, and then you have Saints, Carolina. You have San Francisco, Seattle. I don't see it. We always like we always say about the nine-game mark, somebody gets hot second half of the season. So I know it'll be somebody. I just don't think it'll be the Bears with that quarterback. It's not going to happen. No, I don't think so either. Let's, uh, let's take so a either. break. I, I want to talk about a couple other things. 
Let's talk about FanDuel. I'm teaming up with them to give you, the listener, a chance to play fantasy football against me, Sal, and the trifecta. The best part, the winner gets to fly to Puerto Rico to be our official correspondent for FanDuel's World Fantasy Football Championship Live Finals. All expenses paid. Four days worth of WFFC events in Puerto Rico, including an exclusive beach after party with a live performance by Ludacris. What's the deal, Kyle? You're going? Dude, you tell me. They you invited me. you. I can't believe it. You're going. I need okay. them to tell me. This I isn't a joke it. anymore. Nephew Kyle is going to be there Wednesday to Sunday. Uh, we're getting him a one-way ticket because <laughs> I can't. I just think he's going to stay. I don't think we'll ever see him again. Go to fanduelcom slash ringer to enter and draft your week eight fantasy team before the games kick off on Sunday. I won $10 this week. Yeah. It, it wasn't even that great of a team. I just think fantasy was really bad this week. I guess my two best ones were Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray. But like I had Danny Dimes. He only got mm. me 11 points. You won money too, Kyle, I won right? 12 bucks, yeah. Oh, you won. Oh, look, at, look at us. San Francisco, man. Yeah, we're doing great here. Uh, you can play against me, Sal, the trifecta, Kyle, whoever. In the Ringer Listener League on FanDuel, doesn't matter if you missed last week, take home the top prize. Go to FanDuel.com. Slash ringer to enter now. All right. So on a positive note, we don't need to talk about the Trubisco holics. Um, have you heard of a team called the Indianapolis Colts that are now four and two and have a one game lead in the AFC South and along with the Washington Nationals have completely revived the Ewing theory? Have you heard of them? I have to say, you nailed this. I'll give you credit. You nailed this. I don't I think it's worked out even better than you thought. I mean, they're they are solid. They're a tough out every week. I know the, the win against the Chargers doesn't look as great as maybe it was when we were watching, but four and two after six, can't ask for better. Now, let me ask you this real quick. I know you're going to want to talk about this. I think about Romo. I think about Prescott, what happened with, you know, Prescott had to be like eight and one, nine and one for them to say, Romo, you got to step aside. Very sad. Yeah. What do you do? I know this isn't even in the cards, but what do you do in the case of Bridgewater? What do you do in the case of, Jacoby Brissett, what do these guys' records have to look like before they tell Drew Brees and let's say Andrew Luck decided to come back? Uh, we're okay. Just uh, step aside for a second. What kind of, because we might be close. We might be like three games away for each. Brissett, definitely the, the players respond to him in a really, really, really big way. And you can feel it. Like he definitely mm -hmm. just feels like the leader of the team. Um, the Bridgewater thing is fascinating to me because and this is somebody on this podcast a few weeks ago where I was just like, I don't see it. He seems like a backup. He's gotten better every week. Mm. He was excellent yeah. today. I thought he made a couple of A-list throws. Didn't you think that he had that one throw late in the game to Thomas? Thomas was like double covered. He threaded it over, you know, and it, he had like no window at all. It's a 40-yard pass. For sure. It was really, really impressive. I thought he was really good. Against against the Bears, too. It was yeah. a formidable defense most of the time. A and without Kamara and, and and without Jared Cook. It was a it was a great showing. I was thinking about the Bears, you know, who are just crippled by their quarterback. And here's this other team that has two quarterbacks. This is their second yeah. best guy just picking them apart. <laughs> the Bears have to be like, what mm -hmm. the fuck? There's like 15 good quarterbacks <laughs> in the whole league. You have two of them? Really? Right. It's like, <laughs> but uh, the Colts, Ugh. though, Colts have a one game lead over Houston now. In that division, Jacksonville, you can cross off. Tennessee is embarrassing. We'll talk about that game in a second. Mm -hmm. It's really lined up for them. They're over under heading into the season with seven and a half, I know, because I bet it. They were four to one to mm -hmm. win the division. Are they the most surprising 
division leader right now? They have to be, right? It's not the Niners at least had better odds than four to one, I think. Uh that's close. So the Colts over under was what? Seven and a half, you said? Seven and a half wins. Yeah. The Niners had their over under was way higher for wins than that. I thought it was like eight and a half or nine. Oh no, it wasn't nine. It wasn't nine. Uh, it was it was eight or eight and a half. Yeah. But the the six and oh niners is surprising. You know what I mean? Like if they were if they were five and two tied with Seattle or whatever, four and two, I would say, yeah, that's close with the with the Colts. But the fact that they're undefeated is is pretty special. I know the, the weather. fact that their 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 linemen um slid in the rain in celebration further than any Washington running back ran today was uh, pretty impressive too. <laughs> I know uh I know they took care of business today, but I don't know. I I, I think they're th- my one thing with them is that I'm not sure they protect Garoppolo that well. And I even I went and looked at the next gen stats, which are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And he's, I think, in the bottom four of somebody who has enough time. It was like two and a half seconds. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins is like three or something like that. I have all the odds right now. So San Francisco is eight and a half plus 380 to win the division. Right. Indianapolis was seven and a half and uh, four to one. They were 35 uh, to win the conference. They were plus 270 to make the playoffs. Okay. So. Yeah. All right. So yeah, slightly, but you do have two losses, but yeah, no, I know. I, I think San Francisco was like the bears of last year. Like they, I'm looking at this now. This includes today's game, 64 points allowed. I know they didn't haven't yeah. played world beaters except for the Rams and, but 64, maybe they have one game fewer than some of these teams. And the next closest is, well, I guess it's Chicago at one Oh five. And then everyone else is like in the one fifties. They're really good with the lead. By the way, I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> looking at these over unders. The Rams over unders for win over under for wins was ten and a half. They were minus yeah. one forty to win the division. The Chargers over under for wins was nine and a half. Yikes! Right. Cleveland was nine. They're plus one fifty to win the division. And then uh, Buffalo, their over under was six and a half. Minus two hundred. Wow. They're they're almost there. Baltimore was plus. Yeah. Baltimore's plus 350 to win the division and uh, eight, eight and a half wins. Arizona was five and a half wins. They're halfway there. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, with the Baltimore division bet, if you're going to say, hey, Ben Roethlisberger is going to get hurt after the first game, who's winning the division? I think we both would have said Baltimore. So, yeah. And, you know, when you said the NFC East compares to the AFC North in terms of futility at the bottom, I still think, I, I know without looking at records, I think Cleveland and I think Pittsburgh can be competitive in any game. I don't think that about uh, the Redskins or the Giants, you know, Cincinnati. I, I don't either, but I think at least second and third, while they're not going to make the playoffs, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, they're, they're a lot better than the third place uh, that the NFC East has to offer. I agree with that. I was trying to figure out my power poll and uh, wait a second. Okay. There it is. Um, I think new England and new Orleans are one a and one B now. And you could make a case if, mm-hmm. unless if the Pats aren't good on Monday night, I think you can make a case New Orleans might be 1A because they've answered mm. every single challenge and their defense is for real and they're well-coached and they have big game players and they've just been really good. Week after week, they've done it. I, I actually think the Pats need to lay the smack down a little bit. The next tier I have as the contenders would be San Francisco, Green Bay, and Kansas City. Then I would yeah. have Indianapolis as the sleeper at number six. 
Carolina, Baltimore, Minnesota, seven, eight, nine. Then Buffalo, Seattle, 10, 11. And maybe Dallas, 12. I guess Dallas could be there in 12 now. They Did you have Houston? Group. Did you say Houston? I, I'm about to. Um, wow. So I have. I mean, Houston beat, Houston beat Mahomes in Kansas City. I know they look flat today, but isn't that something we were talking about them maybe being a two seed? And now Red, they're like so 14th on your list. I have Houston 13 and the Rams 14. And the reason I bring mm. this up is, remember when we did this a while ago and I was like, wow, if you go team nine through team 20, I don't know who would beat who. We have mm. seen there's been some separation because now you get to, once you get to the Rams at, at uh, 14, now it's Detroit, Chicago, Philly, Jacksonville, Oakland, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Denver. It drops off is my point. Mm-hmm. And I think we generally have a sense of who the best 14 teams are at least. So if you had to go after yeah. outside the 14, give me a team you think could make the playoffs out of this, this group, Detroit two, three and one Chicago, three and three Philly, three and three Jags, three and four Oakland, three and three Arizona, three, three and one Pittsburgh, two and four Tennessee, three and four. Or Cleveland two and four. Mm. Do you like any of those teams to make the playoffs? Um, I don't like any of them to make the playoffs. I, I think you'd have to set high odds. I think I first have to determine is it going to be an NFC or an AFC team? And uh, the Bills at five to one and uh, five and one. I think you could get I could think you could be three and four in the AFC right now and make uh and make the playoffs better than uh better chance than the NFC three and four. I think I, they show like fourteen percent of three and four teams make the playoffs over the years. I think they popped that up in the NBC game. But do you agree with the AFC being easier to get the six seed? Yeah, I think once you get past the top fourteen, I would I would thought the same thing. I don't think it's NFC. I think it would be AFC. And the so team Oakland? I thought Yeah, I thought Oakland at three and three because I know the final score of that Packer game, and if you didn't watch it, you would think it was a blowout. The mm-hmm. game was closer than the score, and the car play swung the game. It just did. I, I yeah. felt like the Raiders were in that game. They were doing what they wanted to do. Jacobs, yet again, was brilliant. And, uh, you know, right. if they if they have a flaw, it's just they don't have enough of a pass rush, ironically, because they don't have Khalil Mack, although he wasn't good uh, right. in the Saints game anyway. But... um. They, the other QB always seems to have a lot of time against them. But offensively, I think they know who they are and they kind of hang around in these games. Today got away with them. But they're they're one of those, they're three and three, but I actually think they would beat other bad teams. So that would be the one. I think if you're looking for, if the Bills kind of fell off, I was not impressed with the Bills today. I mean, the Dolphins really put a major scare into them. That was not an easy win. You know, even even at the end, they had, they got an onside kick touchdown return that happens once a year. Yeah, just to cover whatever. And by the tease. way, that we have some idiot friends, right? That had three team teasers, and that was monstrous. And you never see it. That was big. Yeah, I, I was looking at it, and I was like, why don't I put some money on the on the Dolphins at nine to one? Like, all right, the Bills aren't going to score forty probably here. Yeah, you know, Fitz Magic always has a weird game, and it would come against the Bills, of course, right? So, you know. And they ended up losing by 10, but that was a good game all the way through. I, I don't love that Bills team. I think I think they're a bit of a farce. They really are. I think they have trouble moving the ball, and it's going to come back to mm-hmm. haunt them eventually. The Raiders, 
if if nine and seven becomes the six seed, I, I think the Raiders are a possibility for it if that ends up happening. Sure. Are the yeah. Falcons the worst team in the league? I it, well, I, I couldn't believe the answer to this might be yes, but I think the answer might be yes. They're terrible. I, do, I was wondering, I was going to ask you, are there openings at the ringer for Dan Quinn? Does like, um, does like Jim Cunningham need an assistant or something? I don't know. Kyle, do you need some, something? You need your coffee poured? Because that if you're ever going to fire anyone, that's the guy. I mean, they just looked listless. They weren't a 10-point underdog against the Rams. Yeah. They were a three-point underdog, and they were never in that game. And I don't know, maybe Jalen Ramsey makes a difference, but I don't think that he should. I, I get that Ryan was hurt, and that, that did it. They weren't going to come back from that, but... Um, really, really bad offensive. They had 38 yards rushing. I think I don't, I don't know what it is with them. I, I not, it'd be tough to say they're worse than the Bengals, but maybe they are. I loved the Rams today and would not allow myself to bet on them because I've been burned and had my hurt feelings hurt mm -hmm. by them multiple yeah. times. But it did seem like if the Rams were ever going to get going, God, what a great opponent to have that crappy Falcons right. defense. And that got him going. Uh, we didn't, the Jalen Ramsey trade happened after uh, after we right. had done our podcast. It's funny. So they've get, they've traded five first round picks right. for a variety of things. And in the NBA, you're you're not allowed to do this. Like we saw this summer, they wouldn't people are trading for Paul George and uh, Anthony Davis. You the picks can't be consecutive years. Like they have all these measures in place because of the Steepian rule, mm -hmm. which Cleveland had this owner, Ted Steepian back in the early eighties, who was just giving his first round picks away. And they ended up being like magic Johnson and James, not magic Johnson it was James worthy was one right. of them. I think uh, Charles mm -hmm. Barkley might end up being one of them. But um, so the NBA put all these rules in. So, so teams couldn't just brazenly do this. And then you have the Rams they're just kind of all in on this team now. And I'm not even sure they're a playoff team. I think it's bizarre. I don't, I don't, I really don't understand the motivation behind it. You have to feel like you're one piece away to make a trade like that. I, th I personally thought they gave up too much. I don't know what they do. I feel like they have a, a different, a, 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 they have bundles of money that other teams don't have access to. I know they trade picks and everything and that helps, but um, yeah, they're constantly playing for this year. And, uh, and what's weird is you saw Jared Goff play like he did the last few weeks. And like, <laughs> you could easily conclude, all right, maybe this isn't our year, but um, that, and, and also it doesn't make sense. Marcus Peters was supposed to be so much better under Wade Phillips's defense. And he just wasn't. So I don't know why you would be convinced that Jalen Ramsey would be the same, but it does seem like, although they had 38 yards rushing. So I don't, I don't know if he was the difference today. Um, maybe Peters and Ramsey just needed new jerseys. Well, it's weird because you know, let's say the stadium was open and they're trying mm -hmm. to kind of own the year, right? The, the 2019, this is our year. It's the year of the Rams. We got to go all in, empty every bolt we have because we're trying to own the city. I would get it, but the stadium's not open yet. Yeah. You know, and, and next year when the stadium does open, when is it open next year or a year and a half? It's, it's next year, right? Yeah, it's next year. Um, I don't know how they're going to be able to field a contender with all the money they have going out the window. And that, unless there's yeah. something about the salary cap, I don't understand. It just seems like just between Gurley, Goff, and Donald, that's an insane amount of money. I don't, I don't understand how you have a 53-man roster with that. 
I have. I agree. I don't either. But then they get rid of Dominic and Sue, and they get rid of other players, and like it, it just seems like guys are in and out in the revolving door. So we're gonna do guest lines in one second. I have a question for you first. Yeah. Which QB has the highest quarterback rating right now? I hate this stat, but um, the quarterback with the highest rating. Don't look it up. Don't cheat like you. No, no, cheat. no. I'm just, I'm just oh, looking there. at teams here. No. Well, I'll I'll say I'll say Jacoby Brissett. No, good guess. No. You know I like Jacoby Brissett. Who, yeah, who is it? I'm trying to think why you would bring it up. The listeners are in the car right now. They they we there's some guy who's parked right now. He's about to get. It's like fuck. I just really want the answer before I get out of my car. I'm gonna drag <laughs> it along. The answer is Kirk Cousins. Oh wow. Kirk Cousins has a yeah. QB rating of one fourteen point three. He has thirteen touchdowns and three interceptions. He was yeah, available. He's made quite a comeback. He was available on our fantasy waiver wire for two solid weeks. He looked awesome today. He was throwing BBs. He was throwing darts. Um, he also, according to Next Gen Stats, he has the most time to throw of any QB in the league: three point oh five seconds. For what's that worth? Wow. Um, hey. Last year, Crown Royal launched the first off-the-field water break to encourage fans of the game to moderate and hydrate to stay in the game. Whether you're watching in the stadium, watching at home, or in a bar, have a great time, enjoy some Crown. Just don't be that person. That ruins it for everyone. Make the right call. Take a water water break. So who made the right call or not this week? I have to give special, special, special attention to Bill O'Brien, who did something I've never seen in all my years of watching football today. They're down five. Yeah, you didn't like this. Yeah. yeah, they're down five, 241 left. They're on like their own four. They have to punt. They have all three timeouts left. He frantically calls timeout. Coming out of the timeout, they take a safety to take it from five uh -huh. to seven. And then they punt to the Colts. Only now they have two timeouts instead of three. Well, what happens? They get the ball back with 50 seconds left. Guess how many timeouts they had? Zero. Now they had to go yeah. 80 yards. If you know you're going to take a safety, guess what doesn't help you? A timeout. Just take a delay a right. game. You're going to go back two yards anyway. Or mm -hmm. have one of your guys just jump off sides and have that go back five yards. Why are you taking a timeout? Why are these teams so stupid? Yeah. My son wouldn't do this in Madden. That's my Crown Royal <laughs> water break. The timeout was dumb. I don't. I don't kill him for the safety. I think that could go. Safety was way, great. I, I didn't mind the safety. I yeah. I just don't understand okay. why I needed a timeout to decide to do a safety. They needed another. They had a minute left. Yeah, you're right. All right, I'm going to give it. But you're 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 being sarcastic here with your good call thing, right? No, it I, it said or not. I think I think oh, uh, or not. Okay. Yeah, I think. Guess who needed a water break? Bill O'Brien. He needed a big glass of. I see. Glass of water to, to rethink why he lost the timeout. Jesus. All right. I'll go with a coach as well. I didn't know we were doing this. I'm going to go with a coach as well. Uh, and he could take a, he could celebrate with some crown royal. Andy Reid. Um, to mm. win that game, I know we think Denver is terrible. All we heard all week and all we knew was that um, Denver was going to run the ball all over the Chiefs. Everybody runs all over the Chiefs. Everybody had... Philip Lindsay in their um, you know, weekly fantasy draft or try to scramble to trade for him in a regular uh, fantasy um, league. And what did they do? Anytime Flacco dropped back to pass, they sent somebody and they sacked him. And he was in more second and 16s and third and 16s. And because he's Joe Flacco, he couldn't come back 
even though they went right down the field and scored six, went for two, didn't get it. Mahomes gets hurt. They don't score. the. I mean, you would think that would inspire them. Nothing. It inspired <laughs> the Chiefs defense and inspired Andy Reid. Yeah. Nice play calling there. You did a good job by you, Andy Reid. Crown Royal reminds everyone this football season to take a water break and moderate to stay in the game. You mentioned Denver. You went. That was your first time to the Denver Stadium, right? Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. It's a good see- crowd. They, I felt bad for them. I really like Joe Flacco was like, you know, there was one part where Joe Flacco, and then I ended up seeing it on the replay when I, when I came home. He gets scared of the balls that are deflected. Like he'll throw a ball that's deflected. And it's coming back at him, and he like makes a face as if there's like an avalanche like uh, falling down on him. Like, <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. Like, wouldn't you think? I didn't see what the live line was, but after Mahomes went out, Denver should have been favored, and they didn't even come close to to scoring. They were so bad offensively. Yeah, Matt Moore came in, and they did the whole thing. Like Matt Moore, ten year veteran. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love, I love. When, <laughs> there's nothing else to say about the backup quarterback except he's a veteran. It's like right, exactly. Like Kyle, <laughs> ten years from now, is a like Kyle Creighton, veteran producer. Oh no, that would be tough. <laughs> if we're saying that about you in ten years, Kyle, oh, something bad happened. Correct. He's it's a veteran. Good. Yeah, it's veteran. He had that it cup means, of coffee. It means you've, you've, yeah, you've you've made money for doing nothing. That's what that's what it means. It's not it's not a compliment at all. <laughs> Um, the second guessing the quarterback sneak, I've had enough of it. I know Chiefs fans are upset, but you know, Tom Brady is 73 years old and quarterback sneaks like, uh, every game or every other game. So it's an effective play. And if you can get a first down that way, you're not, it's a freak accident that you're going to see a guy blowing out his kneecap, uh, doing that. Right. Or am I crazy? Well, it cost the chargers their season today because Phillip Rivers refuses to do quarterback sneaks and they had to pound the ball in with Melvin. I never should have ended my contract hold out uh, Gordon. Who They are amazing. They're amazing. We didn't talk. I forgot to circle back on that game. That was a tsunami. How did they do it? How did they find a different way to win? It was to a point where I was like, all right, they don't want to score too quickly here because they'll leave Tennessee's 53 seconds. So to a point where it got back to, oh boy, they're not going to score at all. They're not even going to attempt a field goal to tie. And it's not like they threw an interception either. Just um unbelievable bad luck for that team. Yeah, Mike Vrabel. I mean, Vrabel versus Anthony Lynn was one for the ages. Really want to, I'll be Mm -hmm. telling my grandkids about that battle. It's really, really two of the greats trying (laughs) to outwit each other. Vrabel goes for the fourth and one at midfield with the three-point lead and not a lot of time left and does the kind of terrible delayed QB sneak with Tannehill who really hasn't played for like a year and a half. I didn't get that at all. Um, and then the chargers were like, Oh, you think you, you think you're going to blow the game? Watch this. And they did their whole thing. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then it just kept stopping. The officials were awful. And it was like, is that a touchdown? It's not now it's first down and goal at the one. And then the chargers, it's, I've never seen anything like it where you watch them and you're like, Oh, wow. How are they going to screw this one up? It's first down. <laughs> the clock is their friend. All they have to do uh-huh. is, is. Put Rivers in shotgun and and do quick passes for at least two downs. They could have QB sneaked on the second down if you didn't get it. Spiked the ball on third down. You still have a play on fourth down. And they just, every mm. every possible way it could have gone, it, they picked the wrong way. So congrats yeah. to them. 
It really is something. I, I want to say for something real quick before we get to the lines, and everyone's like, the officiating is getting worse. I know one area it is definitely getting worse is spotting the ball. Yeah, they it's spot bad. the ball wrong on close plays all the time, and then they go to like a four-minute review, and the review will clearly show that Bridgewater was short by a yard or somebody else was short by a yard or three-quarters of a yard, and they don't overturn. They stay with their shitty whatever they called on the field. Like It can't be beyond the reasonable doubt anymore. Just We have enough angles where if you see a knee down and you see where the ball is and you see where the red flag is, and if he hasn't reached the red flag, overturn it because it's a big it, it you're losing a challenge you know that's yeah. a huge deal to lose a challenge if you get it wrong so i think they have to be better with that well it, it doesn't have to be beyond the reasonable doubt with spotting the ball it wasn't a huge deal to mike vrabel because he could have challenged the Tannehill fourth and one and decided not to yeah he's like i'm good right, right it's right. the biggest play of the game yeah. ah, maybe they were right <laughs> meanwhile it was clearly oh. he had the first doubt it seemed like but uh man that was something <laughs> I almost, I feel like the red zone should have just been split screen shots of Vrabel and Anthony Lynn just staring out in the field with dumb looks on their face. All right. Mm -hmm. Week eight lines. <laughs> Thursday night. Let's do it. Thursday. Who's winning? I'm winning right now, right? I'm up. You're winning uh, three to two to two. Yeah. Okay. Two yeah. ties. I have a one game lead on. Thursday mm -hmm. night is really awful. It's the Vikings and the Redskins. It's, I guess, a Kirk Cousins revenge game. I don't, I, is this, can you really have revenge against an awful franchise and an awful team and a team that's going nowhere? What kind of revenge is this? Right. It's the Cousins Bowl. Yeah. Like who, who, what was your toughest wrestling loss in high school? <laughs> there were so many. I don't know. It's hard to rank them. But you I know you what you're saying. You don't have a, you don't have one that really stuck out? No. Okay. I don't know why we have to go after me here. I don't know. Well, I was just going to say, your worst wrestling loss ever, it's the 20-year yeah. homecoming, and you go back, and they don't have a wrestling team anymore, but you just challenge a phys ed teacher, and you wrestle, and you pin yeah. them in 10 seconds. Like, I've got my revenge game. It's like, no, not really. Gotcha. Not really. You didn't really get revenge. So same thing with Kirk Cousins. It's like that, like, like that clip I sent you, we sent each other about Tom Hanks fighting the Fonz after uh, the Fonz beat him up. As oh, a kid. yeah. Karate I, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. You, me, and our cousin Jimmy and, uh, and Daniel, we have yeah. crazy text threads. And there was a long text thread mm -hmm. about the Tom Hanks Henry Winkler feud that we never knew about. Yeah. Now we have all our listeners Googling <laughs> this. This is a real thing. If Tom Hanks apparently got Henry Winkler fired as director two weeks into Turner and Hooch and they are like two of Hollywood's <laughs> legendary nice guys. And yet there's some sort of feud. It's fascinating. The nicest guys. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't make any sense at all. But then I, then I pointed, I was like, no, this is well-documented. And I showed a happy days clip of, I sent you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's of, true. They were Tom Hanks doing karate on the phone. Yeah. yeah. Every time you send me a Happy Days clip, I'm amazed that Henry Winkler was the coolest guy in America for like six years. <laughs> he really was. Our entire childhood, he was the coolest person on the planet. I have uh, for Thursday night, Vikings minus 14 and a half over the Redskins. All right, you went, oh, who gets this? Uh, I, I, I can't screw this up because we have Hawks watching us here. I think we tie. Kyle, you should decide who, t who wins these because- we need an arbiter, a fair one. I said 17 and a half. You said 14 and a half, and it's 16. I believe we tie, right? It's 16 or 15? We're both. It's 16. We're both off by a point and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we tie. Okay, good. Awful good game. Sorry, I America. don't know if, uh, 
Yeah, that's really bad. Not really good for Fox, but they've really better lean on this Cousins Bowl thing. I think you really have to step it up in the pregame show because no, the, the game <laughs> itself isn't going to be great. So whatever you do in the pregame yeah. show, you're going to really have to make it count. Maybe you should wrestle that's the phys ed teacher. Maybe you that's go back. Right. All right, I'll bring up. You know what? I'll wrestle him, Hanks, and Henry Winkler at the same <laughs> it's time. It's a tag team match. Uh, Look at, listen to Washington's past cut catchers today. A guy by the name of Quinn, Smallwood, Wendell Smallwood, Sprinkle, McLaurin, who had a couple good games, Sims, and Richardson. <laughs> I don't know what, what to expect with this game. Yes. Not pretty. Sunday marquee, are you okay with me going Pats Browns for this? I saw that. Um... Is there one you would go instead? It's a pretty bad week. No, this is yeah. It's not that good. You know, Chris Ryan. If, who, uh, if if Philly if Philly had won and Buffalo was looked better, I would say maybe that one. But I think you're right. You know, Chris Ryan, uh, beloved yeah. Ringer uh, executive editor. We found mm-hmm. out that he loves pumpkin patches, and <laughs> in October on the weekends, like he's big on just going to pumpkin patches and checking them out and all that stuff. Wow. This is a pumpkin patch weekend, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. you're really, well, we, you're really not missing any major NFL action on Sunday. This is the time to go look for Halloween costumes with your kids. Go get mm-hmm. some pumpkin patches with Chris Ryan. Whatever you want to do, this is the weekend to do it. I feel like. Yeah, we used to call it apple picking, right? Then we last year we called it apple picking. Pumpkin patching is fine too. Yeah. Apple picking too. I think Chris is more of a pumpkin pumpkin guy, but yeah, apple. By the way, he's really not. I made this joke like a week ago and it's been a running joke in the rear <laughs> office. So I, he he was taking a day Don't off ex- and we be, turned into a he's going to a pumpkin patch. Um, oh, that's fun. Sunday marquee, Pats home for the Browns. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a lot of fantasy guys in this, at least. I have Pats by 10 over the Browns. You nailed it. I said 10 and a half. It is 10. Yeah. You're a little nervous about this one. I'm nervous about are. the Pats. I It's gotten to the point where I, I'm Googling to see when Nikhil Harry comes back. He's 21. He hasn't played it down yet. It's like, it feels like we right. really need him at this point. Josh Gordon's banged up. We don't have a tight end. I'm watching Gronk. What, what channel was he on today? Fox? Yep, he's on Fox now. Yeah, Sunday pregame. I'm like, Gronk, just come on. Just put some pads on. What are you doing? Just go back. Yeah. We need you. Then we're like, are you are you more nervous for the Browns or the Jets? I'm but I'm I'm never more nervous about the Jets. I think there's some there's a frisky element to that really? game that with the Jets fans and who's that loser, the fireman, him him getting involved. I, there's a lot I don't like about this game. Who's that loser? What's his name? I feel the same way. At least, at least with the Browns, you know, I, I know everyone's afraid Beckham's going to break out for 400 yards every game. Yeah. But you have the most disciplined coach of all time against Freddie Kitchens and the Browns, who are the least disciplined. I mean, they have the most penalty yards in the yeah, league. Yeah, we should so. be able to take that. I don't think you lose that game. The watchables, I have four. They're not even that watchable. They're just more watchable than the barely watchables. Mm-hmm. First one, Buffalo. At home against the Philadelphia Eagles. I here's why I think this is a watchable because this is kind of a season on the line game for the Eagles. I don't know if they can go to five losses. I'm also not sure mm-hmm. they can keep the Bills defense off them. From what we saw today, they couldn't keep the Cowboys defense off them. So 
Right. I have the Bills minus one and a half. You got it exactly. Wow, you're cheating. I had one. It is uh, it is one and a half, like you said. Yeah, I don't know. Are they what? What? Uh, I think they really could be the worst five and one team of all time. I know I'm setting myself up for disaster here, but uh, and Bills fans will hate me, but not impressed with them. Score well, here's the thing about today, and y- we see this every year. It it's the old how hard is it to get up for like the Dolphins game game. Mm-hmm. You know, next week, next week's the yeah. game where it's like the playoff atmosphere. You bring out all your best plays, all that stuff. This Dolphins game, you're just trying to get through the game. So right. I, I think that line will end up at three. Next one, Colts Broncos. This probably should be in the barely watchables, but I just love Jacoby. I love the Colts. I had so much fun watching them today. I, I feel like they've won me all the money that I lost in all the other games. I'm probably even or close. Uh, Colts, I had I had minus seven and a half at home against Denver. And and what did you have? All right, I, I had you out here. I said six, and it's six and a half. So it's th- right in there. I thought it was eight and a half. What do you mean you thought? Oh, you saw it? Yeah, remember I texted you because I wanted to I wanted to do a tease. This is the one game I looked up. So what is it? What is it? Is it six and a half? Well, may, maybe it moved or something. Hold on. Oh. Let me see. Maybe it did. Six and a half. Is that oh, what okay. I said? Yeah, six and a half. Six and a half. You like it on a teaser? I do. I like it on a teaser. I like it straight up. I just like it. Colts. Denver could go to hell if they blow, if they kill a teaser this week. They really can. The Flacco thing when it go when the fans turn on him is gets really sad. Because mm-hmm. I, I think they kind of hate him anyway, deep down, because he threw that pass that ended the Broncos season that time, the 80-yarder in the playoff yeah. game. So they're already coming into it, well, like, kind of fucked this guy, and now he's oh, right. literally fucking them. Well, it also makes Elway look bad. I don't know what kind of legacy he had for quarterback bringing quarterbacks in, but now it's like, eh, Flacco, Sim- like, you were able to get Peyton Manning to come play for you. That was it, right? That's yeah. That's what he did. Yeah. Everything else, not impressive. Well, the Niners are impressive. They're six and zero. This could have been the marquee game, mm-hmm. Niners Panthers. It's just tough to put Kyle Allen in the marquee spot, but uh, right. you know, this is a possible round one playoff game. I have the 49ers yep. favored by six against Carolina. You got it. you got it. I went way high. I said seven and a half, and it's five. Mm. Um, and I don't trust it. Now I don't trust it. I liked it at seven and a half. Now that they're going lower. Uh, I feel like they know something. I'd like to see the Niners have to play behind by like two scores once. Have that that mm-hmm. hasn't happened yet. No. I'd like to see it. Texans home for the Raiders. I already like the Raiders money line in this game. I don't even know what the line is. I have uh Texans by mm. six. All right, I hit it exactly at seven. They made it a full touchdown, the Texans. It's great. Tasty. Again, I was, well, maybe they just had a bad game against the Colts, but I am always surprised that Sean Watson gets off to a poor start. You know, they have 10 points at half. What did they have at half? I don't know what they had, but uh, I don't. Do you like the head, head scratcher with that offense? Do you like his receivers? Because I, other than Hopkins, I think it's a pretty motley crew. Well, Fuller had like three touchdowns the other day, right? I know, but he's one of those where he looks good and then as their tight end. Is is he the leader yeah. in the limping off to the locker room to get checked out? Receiver, uh, whatever There's that standings that. are. It just seems like he can't stay on the field. 
And yeah, there's a lot of that. And speaking of that, Alshon Jeffrey is now running and walking like he's 55 years old. He's moving like Red <laughs> Fox. Have you notice that? Yeah, that right. there's that touchdown today over the middle when he jumped and the ball was over his head and Collinsworth is like, did he miss time that? It's like, no, Alshon Jeffrey's just 45 years old all of a sudden. Like two years ago, he easily catches that for a touchdown. Now he, he can't jump more than 10 inches. God bless Collinsworth. You're right. Like he can't, he's, it's hard for him to criticize. His exact comment, I think, was, did he jump too early for that? All right, sometimes that happens. Yeah, and then they showed the replay. He's like, no, he, he can't jump anymore. He's 100 years old. What happened? Guy's right. like 27. <laughs> I think we're going to find out he yeah. has like a torn meniscus after the season. Barely watchables. Yeah, I have sure. six, which really sums up the week. First mm -hmm. one, boo. Uh, get the booze ready. Bears Chargers in Chicago. I have uh, I have the Bears favored by two and a half. Uh, I said three, and it's somehow four and a half. They're what? four and a half point favorite. That, what are you that talking team that about? That could not miss, move the ball. I don't know what it is. I don't care if they make it 10 or 10 the other way. We should have a name for this. Like, um, you have to stop listening to this podcast if you bet this game. I don't know what we would call that game, but this is this is what I'm talking about. This is the one of the week because you're out of your mind if you think you can figure out who's going who's gonna to emerge victorious. The Trubiscaholics are like, ah, Mitch just needs one game to get going. Just, Good God. just needs one so long drive to get his get his footing under him. It's gonna happen. He's a streaky I quarterback. Plus seven and a half. Plus seven and a half. I had them on an adjusted line parlay. Six teams. First five are in. That's all I need in real life for money and unlock it in to win the title. And they couldn't cover seven and a half. That team going against that without their running back. Well, I'll tell you what you will about Bridgewater. He's a second string quarterback. In a game the Saints didn't need, and they got walloped. So pissed at them. I know it was garbage time, and and the game was over. But Trubisky looked awesome in those last two drives. <laughs> if he could just carry that over, his QB rating was one forty. As as the Saints had their entire second string in there, it's going to happen. <laughs> I believe he's, he's uh, still young. He hasn't played in a lot of games yet. So like, just just quit. Just give up. It's not happening. Trubiscaholics, go to go to a meeting. Go to a TA meeting. <laughs> go to Trubiscaholics Anonymous. Talk, talk, to, talk to somebody who can I help you. I should go. I should go because I defended him. I said, oh, you guys are crazy, Chase Daniel. He's been a backup for 12 years. This is why he is what he is. Get Trubisky in there. It'll be a different story. Nope. I'm done with him. My name is Cousin Done. Sal. I'm a Trubiscaholic. In week seven, I bet <laughs> on the Bears to cover at home against Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints. I really hated myself. <laughs> it was a dark day. I ended up eating 10 deep dish slices of Brooklyn pizza at midnight, <laughs> licking my wounds. Do we have uh, <laughs> pepperoni all over the wounds? Uh, do we have, you know, how we cross off teams? Yeah. I feel like we should cross off quarterbacks in terms of who we'll never bet against. I'll put Trubisky and Dalton right, right up there today. Oh my god, I, I will never in my life bet on Trubisky again. No. Unless over. unless it was an event where he's throwing incompletions, that's the only way I would bet on him. If they mm -hmm. were if there were bodies that he was just missing by five feet at a carnival, I'd bet on him for that. <laughs> All right. I think we should set that up. Remember that Battle of the fun. Network Stars when they'd have the dunk tank? Sure. Mitch would be throwing at the thing that tried to make Heather Thomas go down for like an hour. 
just missing. Yeah, right. Heather Thomas just being <laughs> there in a bathing suit, reading a magazine, waiting for Mitch to hit the thing to knock her in. Uh, yeah. let's Mitch, have, we don't need you to knock Heather Thomas down. We just need you to cover plus seven and a half at home, <laughs> asshole. Let's uh, take a break. Let's talk about Square. You know those guys. They make that little white credit card reader that helps lots of businesses take payments. I've used them, I think, for pretty much every haircut that I've had in the last four years. Here's what a lot of people don't know. They make so much more than just a white card reader. Let's say you're opening a restaurant. You're going to need registers to ring up orders. You're going to need managed tables, pay your employees. Maybe you do a catering gig and you need to send an invoice. Square can help with all of that. And it's not just restaurants. Square can help you no matter what kind of business you've got. If you want to see all the ways Square can take your business from square one to whatever's next, go to square.com slash go slash BS. You still don't have a square, right, Kyle? I don't have a square. Why won't you get one? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jesus. Well, you out there, you can go to square.com slash go slash BS. All right. Uh, let's rip through the rest of these. We have... Detroit is home for the Giants. The Port Lions are somehow two, three, and one. It was looking so good for them in that Green Bay game. It looked like they're going to be three, one, and one. Now they're a game below 500. And Matt Patricia had a really dumb look on his face for most of the second half today. So maybe they can yeah. get the mojo back against Danny Dimes. I have the Lions by six. I will not be putting this in a tease. I had seven exactly. Uh, I had six exactly, two, and it's seven. And, um, I think you're right, but I did think the Lions were going to spiral after that Packers game Monday night. I was like, you know, they always come up short against the Packers. It's such a stupid thing. Stafford can't get like a signature win, and I was like, they're going to they're going to spiral. This is it for them. But I forgot they had the Giants two weeks later. So next one, back. more quarterbacks that we're not allowed to bet on. That's right. It's Ryan Tannehill against Jameis Winston. Don't bet oh. on either of these guys. It's in Tennessee. I think what's hilariously the Tennessee fans are kind of talking themselves into the season a little bit. They're like, man, we got mm -hmm. rid of Mariota. This this new guy is a C minus, but that's better than an F minus. We're feeling good. I have uh, right. Titans by three for this one. That's exactly what I have. They uh, Vegas has it at two and a half, mm. and you have to wonder like it was you know Mariota and Winston in the same same class, right? Seven years ago, is it? Or yeah. is this their seventh year? Mariota couldn't even make it to this game. It's like, really? You're going to cancel on the fight that everyone kind of wants to see, or at least that would make this game somewhat interesting? All right. <laughs> Thanks for showing up. We need a pregame handshake with them where one of them misses the handshake. Rams, yeah. <laughs> Rams, Bengals is in Los Angeles. I don't think, uh, I don't think there will be 30,000 Cincinnati fans there. I'm just guessing. Right. Rams now. All of a sudden, we were pouring dirt on them a week ago and saying they were done. Now, all of a sudden, uh, they could be on a little two-game winning streak here. Rams, I have favored by nine points over Cincinnati at home. Ooh. I had 13, and it's 12 and a half, so I'm going to get that one. Um, huh. Yeah, they went high. Well, the Bengals are awful. They have, what's the coach, Zach Taylor? He was the Rams assistant last year. I'm sorry. We're, I'm sorry. We're supposed to trust the Rams. The Rams should be double figure uh, favorites uh, over anybody. What are we? Do, what are we doing here? If you've seen those Bengals, they can't get out of their own way. They're terrible. Even games they're in, they just blow it. They, they'll give up two touchdowns and want to be close. Turned it over four times today. So so bad. So Rams, if they go five and three after this game, then they're at the Steelers. 
They're home for mm-hmm. the Trubiscaholics. Then they're home for the Ravens. But they they really could be seven and three going in that Ravens game. Look, today's Rams could beat anybody. They really could, the team we saw today. But um, and let's face it, they're a game behind Seattle. So let's say San Francisco wins a division, which is still up up in the air, obviously. They're a game behind Seattle. They still get Seattle at home, and they could have beaten Seattle. The, uh, the uh, Zerline's kick sailed over the upright. Might have been in. Who knows? So I don't think they're out of it. They're plus 280 before today to make the playoffs. I was like, I like that. I'm so not we have up on uh, on my boy Sean McVay. Yeah, I'm not either. So we have NFC. We have one NFC East team. We have Green Bay and probably Minnesota. We definitely mm-hmm. have New Orleans. We definitely have mm-hmm. the Niners, just schedule-wise. I think they get in. So then it's between Carolina, Seattle, the Rams, and the Vikings, and the basically, for two spots. Hmm. Uh, for two spots, yeah. If you don't give the Vikings one, yes. Yeah, I'm saying Minnesota, yeah, Carolina, right. Seattle, Rams. Kirk Cousins will do this. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. Everyone believes in me. Watch this. Like mm-hmm. he, he has now set it up for whatever evil plan he has to screw over the most amount of gamblers at, <laughs> at any time. Are they playing? Yeah. They're, so Thursday night, they kill the Redskins. Everybody's like, wow, Kirk Cousins, 18 touchdowns, three picks. My God, we were wrong. He's just waiting. Just wait. He's like the clown in it. He's going to do it. You may not have to wait because Thielen. What, what's Thielen's injury? He looked like he was could come back, but they they held him out. Uh, uh, you know that that's huge. That that's, was tough. He caught. He, I actually watched that live. He caught a touchdown, and for some reason the mm-hmm. wall was five feet past the end zone. He went crashing into it. It was kind of right. ugly. Looked, I thought he tore up his knee for a second. That's rich man's Cooper Cup. If he gets hurt, that that whole season could uh, spiral. Yeah. Well, I I would watch out for Kirk. I do think it's like it. Where it's like, yeah, we killed the clown. It's over. It's all behind us. And then, no, you didn't. The clown's coming back. You, you didn't kill anybody. He's pulling you back into the sewer. Yeah. yeah. He's not done. It three with Kirk Cousins. Next one. Saints home for the cards. Cards are somehow three, three, and one. The cards are 500 wow. through seven games. That's a great division. What That's is the happening? Best division in a long time. Yeah. Well, That's a fun one. They're three, three, and one, but I think they're twelve point underdogs in New Orleans this week. What do you think? Oh, uh, no, not that high. It's uh, I said eight, and it's nine. Yeah, I'm looking good against you here. I'm, I'm up eight six, including ties. Well, I'm hitting um, the rest of these. I think I will say, rookie of the year did did uh, not not very impressive numbers wise, Kyler Murray, but did he wrestle that top spot away from Danny Dimes with the win? I mean, I personally think it's Jacobs. I think he's the best rookie I've seen this year. I was just going to say that. He's got to be a solid third. Maybe uh, we got that could we be a good for bet for that. us because if, if we think the Raiders are a sneaky 9-7 and seven type team and he, mm-hmm. it seems like Jacobs is off the radar unless you've actually watched the Raiders game. He's easily the best rookie this year. I like McLaurin well, let's too. Let's get Danny, but- Danny Dimes out of there because the Giants are going to win five or six games. The Raiders could win eight. Or nine and Arizona is not going to win that many, but they're in the best division. So I think it's between those two, Murray and Jacobs. Is that guy Chase Edmonds a rookie? I don't know what he is, but he's that was awesome. ridiculous. They activated David Johnson. He did have a carry, but Edmonds went crazy. 
Can I read you a couple of Mike Francesa tweets? <laughs> I love it. Do it. Cods walked in and buried Giants in their building. Embarrassed them. They aren't badly coached. It is much worse than that. They are complete losers. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Uh, uh, if you watch the coach's press conference after another terrible performance, you understand why the Giants are a gift two and five, should be one and six, and why he is a career loser. <laughs> he is clueless. <laughs> His Twitter is really oh. rounded into form, I feel like, Francesa. Did he mention in any of those tweets that the Giants were one of his best best bets this week? Well, I think the Giants minus three. I think that's why he was so mad. I know, but to say they should be one in five, like these are all, all reasons he would, <laughs> wouldn't take them as a best bet. He's just mad. Yeah, you're probably right. Shermer's fourth quarter decisions were as bad as I've ever seen. And Jones regresses by the week. <laughs> I think this was a rough week for him between the Knicks. I, I'm sorry, the uh, Yankees and the Giants. Yankees. Well, he was, and then there's some discrepancy too. He's saying, and no way, no way you bench Encarnacion. They're a mile away from benching Encarnacion. <laughs> And they're like, then like, really, like, thirty six hours later, it's like he's been a disappointment. He can't play anymore. He's got to be gone. <laughs> uh, but he's right about Shermer, though. He's right about Shermer. Third and eighteen, he hands off to Barkley. So you figure they're going to punt because they have two timeouts and a two minute warning. Fourth and fifteen, they run a play, and he sat. Like that was that was uh, that was the most surprising thing of the day. Chase Edmonds, by the way, 23 years old, the fourth round pick. So I think he's a rookie, right? Oh, shit. So he's a wild card for rookie of the year. That, yeah, guy, that guy's round pick. really good. I don't know where oh, he sorry. came he from. He drafted 2018 from Fordham. Yeah, so uh, he's he's got a year under his belt already. Well, that makes him ineligible, unfortunately, for rookie of the year. Yeah, forget it. Sorry, Chase. Seattle is in Atlanta. I had no idea what to do with this line. I picked Seahawks minus six. I said six also. This is the one I and you were uh, most off on. It's three and a half. Oh, that's, uh, come on. Atlanta, is, is this supposing that Matt Ryan's playing or is not, is it, um, is it Schaub? What, what, who's in there? I can't believe Schaub is still in the league. It's like, you could have right. told me Jake DeLome was their backup. I would be as surprised. Mm -hmm. All right. The poop fecta. Yeah. Jacksonville is home for the Jets. I don't know why this is any better or worse than Seahawks Falcons, but uh, I have the Jags by two against the Jets. Some, by the way, the Jags could be four and four if they win this game. Right. I think I get this. Kyle, help us out with the math. I said six. The number is four and a half. So I'm yeah, a you point and a half off, and you're you got it. Two and a half off. You got it. Congrats. Um. Well, four and a, uh, yeah. You got Jacksonville it. should win. No, no. I'm just saying it's a it's a short week. I'm trying to go over the game here. Forget it. Oh, I, I I think that line's too high. I think those teams are even. Yeah, they probably are. Let's see what ha what the Jets show us tomorrow. What's so good about the Jaguars? Their best defensive no, player was Jalen Ramsey. They traded him. Yeah. Like that's once true. you're once you're trading getting... your one of the three best guys in your team for future first round picks, like that's the white flag to me. Listen, they don't need him. They picked Andy Dalton three times. You know how know. hard that is? Poor Andy. Can't do that. I, it's impossible to say, you know, Andy's stats aren't great, but that their offensive line is probably, you think that's the worst one? It's one of the three worst. It's pretty bad. He's just He's running for his life. Yep. Sunday night, this was a lot more fun uh, two weeks ago to look at on paper. Chiefs mm -hmm. Packers. 
it's now Matt Moore against Aaron Rodgers. Not not as fun as Mahomes or Mahomey. I have right. God, I, I don't know why I did this. I sent this to you. I had Chiefs by three. Probably should have gone lower, but uh, that's what I picked. Chiefs by three. Yeah. Matt Moore by three. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers coming off a, a career day. I know. It was dumb. I said, I said Green Bay by two and a half. It's uh, Green Bay by three. It's a bad job by me, so. Would have been great. Would have been great. That, that Honestly, Rodgers, Mahomes, especially after today, would have been as good as it gets, but NBC gets screwed. I'd be very careful betting the Packers in that game. Yeah. Yeah, you figure between the Packers and Seattle, and it might be both going up against backups, and I, I don't trust either of those to win outright. Steelers, Monday night, <laughs> home against the Dolphins in uh, Roger mm-hmm. Goodell's latest attempt to ram a red ball in ESPN's bath. Mm-hmm. And call ESPN the gimp. Here you go, ESPN. Here's Steelers Dolphins. Enjoy. <laughs> put this red ball in your mouth. I'm going to str- put the strap behind your head. I want you to put your hands behind your head, behind your waist. I'm going to handcuff you. And I'm going to put you in this trunk and call you the gimp. Here's Steelers Dolphins. Right. And then you'll give us another $5 billion when it's time to renegotiate the contract. <laughs> Your schedule is going to be a hundred times worse than NBC's. Now pay us. <laughs> well, I think ESPN then shoots back and says, oh yeah, we're going to give you booger for three hours. <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> it's, a, it's a battle. <laughs> we have Joe Tessitore booger. We'll show you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. Wow. I have uh, Steelers minus eight against the Dolphins. Eight. I had 13 and a half. It's 14 and a half. What? Is it, yeah. Isn't their quarterback named Duck? All right. Let me check here. Uh, Hodges. What do you mean, Duck? Du- the guy, Duck Hodges. He's the quarterback. He's favored by 13 oh, yeah. against yeah. an NFL team. He's favored by 14 and a half. What's going on? Did I read this wrong? No, 14 and a half. That's exactly what no, it is. No, I'm not saying you're lying. I just think that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. A third string quarterback well, is favored by, they, by 14 and a half points? That's a lot. Now that you put it that way, I was just looking at the that the deal was showing six here. I'm looking at the Dolphins and that they they played their asses off and still lost by double digits today. But they almost beat right. that was but they, first of all, they almost beat yeah. the Bills. They were in that game the whole game, and they should have lost by three. They gave up an onside kick touchdown. I, mm-hmm. I, they were in that game. This is an absurd line. And, and as I complain about it, I will also not be betting the Dolphins. But I You'd do never think, take it. You wouldn't take, <laughs> you wouldn't take plus 24 and a half, would you? I'm <laughs> three-team teaser. Pat Sherman is a loser. <laughs> the Giants are losers. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, you get to listen to him tomorrow. Francesca. Oh, yeah, that's right. You get to listen I'll to him. Able to hear him. Two o'clock or whatever. He's going to be so mad. Yankees. I know. Chapman. Aaron Judge. We have Jack going in a second. He's going to be complaining about Aaron Judge and the Yankees collapse. Um, nice. I really enjoyed it. That I, was great. You know what's fun? Playoff baseball. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it is. But I, I'm also, by the way, we, we made money. We had Washington, Houston for the uh, World Series. We didn't call it in um, 
March, but we called it like a week ago. It was still uh, decent odds. And uh, we made some money. We almost had yesterday. And I love playoff baseball. I don't like the bullpen by committee. I don't like it. All we hear about is the Astros arms. They have the three best in baseball. And then it's like an uh, entire game six is going to be 12 pitchers. And the Astros threw seven pitchers at the Yankees. Yankees only had seven hits going into the ninth inning. So why? I just don't like that part of it. I can't imagine in any other sport. I don't like it in baseball, but at least the Yankees are gone. Yeah, it's funny. All of the things baseball has added over the last couple of years, I hate. It's like, yeah. hey, good news. There's no starters tonight. It's a bullpen game. Yeah. Okay, that sounds fun. So, so let's see Chad Green start with an inning. That'll be great. Must win game. Oh, I, oh, he's not right. doing well. I can't believe it because he's not a starter. Um, well, and it's bad for gamblers too. Don't you want to have like some kind of handle on it to handicap it? Like, you know, we want to know your guy's going more than 26 pitches. Yeah. It's like, you're basically taking seven pitchers against seven pitchers. That's, that's how you have to handicap yeah. it. Um, that said, Astro Astros probably better team. Nationals are a miracle team right now. Um, Astros minus 220 to win the world series, which is the highest. This is what, ha this is what happens with baseball. That's the, those are the, Highest odds since 12 years ago, Red Sox Rockies, which I had forgotten for a second. That was a World Series. Yeah. That was the last time the odds were so, uh, so big. You know, the Nats, they had the awesome sweep and then the classic didn't play for a week. Mm -hmm. Never great when you have the old momentum going, you know? Yeah. It, it just, I think with baseball, it's so much better to like ride the wave and get hot for two, three weeks, it's tough to just press the pause button for seven days and come back. I think that Jack and I are going to talk about it in a second. I think this Astros team is incredible. And having, you know, the Red Sox go against them and go against them in some playoff series, it's just they have so many scary guys in their lineup. I think that park mm -hmm. is a really weird place to play. It's just, it, there's nothing yeah. really like it. It's just goofy. It's like playing an amusement park. And the, and the sound yeah. is crazy. And um, I would be surprised if, Two, minus 220 sounds fair to me. Well, but doesn't it seem like when a team beats, when the best team beats the third best team and then goes play the second best team, you're like, all right, they're going to beat them. You know, they just beat the Yankees. Why wouldn't they just beat the Yankees at 103 wins? They have 107 wins. Why wouldn't they beat the Nationals? And it just seems too easy to do that. I mean, you're going to get a game. You're going to get Scherzer at plus 160 betting in that game one. And I, yeah, it might be too much, too much of a layoff for, uh, for uh, the Nats, but I would be careful. I think this is going to be close. So I'm, I'm looking at, uh, don't they have the playoff series line prices? Oh, MLB futures. No. Playoff. I just thought you have 220. No, they don't oh, have the mean, exact, uh, games? exact games. Exact games. I don't um, see those yet. No, those will be out tomorrow. I thought I did see those earlier. I like the Astros and six. Like the six. The Astros and six. I think the Astros in five was the um was the favorite. <sighs> well, good know. good luck to uh good luck to the Ewing Theory Nationals. I, I have a <laughs> feeling we're gonna be betting on the Astros with the with the Colts. I could see that happening. The rarely seen World <laughs> Series champ NFL bet crossover. All right, it's time for a parent corner brought to you by CarMax, America's number one used car retailer as parents. We've got enough to worry about without stressing over used car shopping. Every CarMax car is covered by a seven-day money-back guarantee. You've got a full week to decide if it's the right car for your family. 
to decide how it handles car seats, groceries, the dog, whatever. If not, if you don't like it, if you don't think it's the perfect car for you, bring it back within seven days for a full refund. No questions asked. It's that easy. At CarMax, no regrets, guaranteed. Check them out today at CarMax.com. All right, Sal, you have the floor. All right. Um, I have three boys. I have a, a, 15, a 14, 11, right? 14, our oldest is? 14, 11, and five. And the 11-year-old, quirky kid, um, he's going to run for spirit commissioner, which is crazy because he wants nothing to do with school at all. Not a damn thing. And all of a sudden he comes home and he says, I want to be spirit commissioner, which involves like writing a speech, making posters, campaigning, and all this other stuff. And he's going against another um, fifth grader. And uh, this kid, Miles. So I have a lot of suggestions for posters, which really are all about a smear campaign against Miles. And the kids are laughing, <laughs> but my wife is uh, furious at all the suggestions <laughs> I'm making. But uh, everybody's laughing. Um, except for my youngest son, because my youngest son, they partner kindergartners with fifth graders. Like, you know how you have like a fifth grade buddy if you're in kindergarten? Yeah. So like the oldest kids in the school like teach, taught you? Well, it, it should have been my son and my other son, kindergarten, fifth grade, but they don't get along. So my fifth grade son passed. He's like, no, let someone else take Harrison. I don't want to take him. <laughs> so guess who picks him up? Miles picks up Harrison and Harrison loves Miles. And is rooting for miles against my son <laughs> in the race against Spirit Commission, and which got so bad that the my fifth grader and Harrison are like nose to nose, yelling at each other about it. It was like the Civil War when when brothers fought each other. Yeah, and I'm like both laughing and trying to pull them apart, and uh, it, it's just going to be bad. It's just going to be a bad, bad next few weeks for uh, the spirit commission race. And by the way, my son does have a lot of spirit. Like, you know, how they have pajama day. Do your kids still have pajama day? Like on Fridays, like every fourth Friday or something. I think it ends around fifth grade. Yeah. Fifth grade is probably when they call it quits on that one. Yeah. So most of the kids call it quits on in second grade. They're like, this is disgusting. I'm not wearing pajamas to school, but since my son does have spirit, he wears pajamas and brings a stuffed animal and doesn't care if like after school, after a play date, we go to for Mexican food and he's still in his pajamas at six o'clock. He's all about the spirit. So good luck to him, uh, despite the fact that his youngest brother is rooting hard against him. It's amazing. The the feud between the two brothers, we really haven't seen anything like this since Michael and Fredo. It, it feels like it's got <laughs> that level worse. of intensity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not I, taking either of them through a toll booth anytime soon. Like when, when you or Melissa at your funeral, one of them is going to be like, I'm not, I'm not going until I'm sure I'm positive he's out. The other <laughs> one's out. I don't want my brother there. Um, there is a lot of su uh, succession uh, elements to it. <laughs> uh, my parent corner, I've talked about this before, but my, my daughter and her boyfriend, they have a date every, usually Friday night. This time it was Saturday night. And they hang out, they watch mm -hmm. movies and it's really adorable. They really like each other. But, um, mm -hmm. but this time around his mom came to come pick her up at, pick him up at, uh, like 11 15 or something like that. And the mom shows up, we're talking to her like, Hey, Zoe, come on down. And, uh, nothing. Two minutes pass. Hey, come on guys. Let's go. Nothing. Hey, what uh -oh. are you guys doing up there? Here, some movement. They, I, don't worry. This story is not going to get gross. Um, okay. 
they come down. They're both like, look like they've been asleep for like an hour. Um, they fell asleep watching a movie. And, uh-huh. uh, and they explained it as he had had a baseball game early. He was tired. She had played a soccer game. She was tired. It was like, wow, you guys literally are a married couple now. You're falling asleep when you're watching TV <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night. You've skipped all the stages yeah. of a relationship. You've already gotten to the end, the worst part. The, the yeah, 10 o'clock, right. fall asleep. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, what happened? Oh, I, I don't know. Um, I was just, I was surprised. Yeah, I, th- I thought you... I thought you said it wasn't going to get gross. They're a married couple. I don't want to hear that. I was like, this is really incredible. It's been 10 weeks, but it's uh, really been 15 years. So yeah, that's yeah, good. Right. So they're, they're getting a divorce soon, I think is how this is going to play out. Uh, Excellent. All right. And remember, CarMax only sells the best used cars. Those are CarMax certified with over 200 stores nationwide and more than 50,000 CarMax certified cars to choose from. They make it easy to find the perfect car for your family, and they have your back with a seven-day money-back guarantee on every vehicle. No haggling, never any pressure to buy. Drive worry-free for 90 days and 4,000 miles, whatever comes first. With the CarMax limited warranty, start the search for your next car now at CarMax.com. What do you have to plug? Uh, well, I got a lot. Bear with me. Lock it in, 430 to 5.30 Eastern on uh, FS1. Thursday, I'll be at the pregame desk in new york you know howie terry tony yeah and michael are based here in new york so i will be there giving my pick live although i'll tell you now it's the vikings and uh jimmy kimmel lives in brooklyn springsteen alicia keys tonight kelly ripa eddie murphy john krasinski later in the week and uh oh and you're going to be on against all odds the nba pod we do over-unders we hit we talk about your mvp vote we really get in deep how much your mvp vote means to you rookie of the year yep. first coach fired all that stuff well, we talked, we taped this already. We talked on Rookie of the Year about what happens yeah. if Zion gets hurt. He's as great as go. he is and as big of a lock as he is. He's also the most dangerous Rookie of the Year favorite we've had. What happens if he gets mm-hmm. hurt? He's already hurt. So we talked about yep. all the uh, the possible candidates, including one guy that I threw at you that I was like, watch this guy, 25 to 1. I'm not going to tell you his. You have to listen to Sal's pod. But... I continue I to it. feel and good about mo- that. Pick. I've been, I've been monitoring his minutes too. It looks like he might get, like I said, those guys in the twenty twenty five range. They usually that's just dead money because they don't get enough minutes. But the guy you recommend and listen tomorrow, you'll hear. Um, I think he has a shot. I'm in a salary cap fantasy league with my friend Chen, which we mm-hmm. had last night. Actually, ironically, as my daughter was asleep on her date, and uh, right. And this guy was like my big guy that I wanted. And we waited till the second round. I was so fired up. I really like this guy. You'll have to listen to Sal's pod to know who it is. Sal, say hi to Eddie Murphy, Jimmy Kimmel, and Bruce Springsteen for me. I will. I can't believe you're not coming out here for Eddie. But, um, you know, we'll get you a seat in the front if you want to make a last-minute trip. I I don't believe he's coming on. I'll believe it when you send me a picture <laughs> of him actually on the stage with Jimmy Kimmel. Until that happens, I'm not going right. to believe it. Um, he's all right. coming. He's playing him. He's playing himself and Jimmy Kimmel. That's what he's doing. <laughs> That'd be he's great. That versatile. Uh, all right. So good job by you. Good job by you. All right. We're going to bring in Jacko in one second to talk about the Yankees. But first, don't forget Palooza on Tuesday. Ringer. Bunch of new videos, bunch of things you haven't seen. We're going to do a little pregame show, me and Rosillo. All kinds of stuff. You can go to our YouTube page. YouTube.com slash ringer. You can go to our Twitter at ringer or you can go to the ringer.com to find all the stuff we're doing, including take Hunter 
four. That's happening. All right, let's bring in Jacko. All right, it's a rare Sunday night appearance for Jacko. The Yankees were eliminated less than 24 hours ago. Um, not an enjoyable moment for you. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed the look on Araldus Chapman's face. I think it was yeah. a smile. The decade is now complete. No World Series appearances for the first time in 100 years. How yeah. are you feeling? Wait, walk us through the emotions as uh, <laughs> as you sort through this. Well, my emotions are not great. It's it's funny. Uh, baseball, uh, you know, I don't I don't know. Maybe because I follow baseball more closely than than other sports, so maybe other sports are just as heartbreaking. But baseball seems to have a unique heartbreaking quality to it, where it just you know you can have the highest of highs after LeMay who ties the game up, and then to be crushing to have crushing defeat. After Altuve hits one in the bottom of the uh, of the ninth, so you know the, really the course of this series. You know I'm early to lock out on these things, but I I knew when they didn't win Game Two, when it was there for them to win multiple times, that that was a disaster. If they went back home to New York up two nothing, they're in really good shape, and I'd have been so happy. So I had been pretty despondent since since that time, and and the thing with baseball is like. You sit there and watch these games, and that one went to you know eleven or twelve innings, whatever it was. And you sit there and watch it, and it it, it causes you to like question your life decisions. Like, <laughs> why am I doing this to myself? Like, why am I watching this? And then you you start to like count your blessings. Well, you know, I have a nice family, and my kids and my wife they love me. I have a nice dog. So it's like it's not all bad, you know. So it's like this is this should not be like a fun hobby. Nobody has a, nobody has a hobby where it like makes you question, question your life's decisions and count your blessings. So that's what playoff baseball will do to you when you're a Yankee fan and they haven't been to the world series in 10 years. So I'm a shell of my former self. I'm a, I'm a broken man at this point is where I am really. It really sounds like it. You sound yeah. like me after the Boone Homer. I wrote I, in Oh three. I think yes. I, I was up till four in the morning writing a column that night. And it was basically I, I think my friend Hench said something similar where it's just like, I just have to take a deep breath and reflect on the good things that have happened to me in life. <laughs> like, That's exactly what you do. It's true. It's ridiculous. It's so stupid. And even during the course of this series, I would find myself like waking up in the middle of the night and then I'd like tossing and turning. And, and it's like, why, why am I doing this to myself? I could have other hobbies. I could play golf. Right. You know, I, could, I could make models. I don't know. You could do whatever. I could collect stamps. I could do something that wouldn't make me wake up in the middle of the night and pace the floor in, in anguish. So, uh, oh, I, think, yeah, I think you made rough. the right. I, I had the same feeling after game two that they left it on the table. And it was one of those games that just kept going and it kept going and it kept going. Right. And you just kept waiting for one of the two teams to take it and nobody did and nobody did. And then Hap came in and I don't know, it just, at some point there's a pitcher in there and you just go, ah, he kind of feels like the guy who's going to be walking off the mound. Sadly, just <laughs> yeah. have that vibe to them. That's uh, what Jay Hap was born to be. The guy that's sadly <laughs> walking off the mound. But I mean, right. <laughs> you know, you look at this Yankee team and I, I think the big flaw just in general you had this unbelievable window with Torres and uh, and Judge, where yeah. I, we were texting about this last night. Where you're paying 1.29 million combined for those two guys, and they're two of the best guys in the team. It's such an advantage, like to not make the World Series when you have that as the equivalent of like the Chiefs never making a World Series when they have Mahomes on this rookie contract. You know, Super it's, Bowl. It's like I, I'm sorry, Super Bowl. Um, where you just you kind of struck the lottery right. and 
And plus you have money to spend anyway. It's kind of improbable. Now I think the Astros, you know, you've gone against them a couple of times. My Red yeah. Sox have gone against them. I really do think they're a great team. Like I do think. Absolutely. I do think we'll remember this, whatever, however many year range this Astros team is and say, yeah, that was a really, really great couple years for them. And I, I'm scared of Springer. I'm scared of Altuve. Yeah. Um, you go on down the line, Bregman. They just have yep. multiple guys that just kind of put the fair God in you. Not to mention the Cole Verlander combo. Um, well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, in my mind, I knew that the Astros on paper certainly were a better team. And, you know, we, I think we had done a podcast back in May and we were like, you when we were doing some Yankees Red Sox battle when the Red Sox still had some hope. And you were like, well, it doesn't really matter because either one of these teams is going to lose to the Astros in October anyway. Yeah. And, you know, all year long, they were the best team. They had the best record in baseball. They had home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They have, you know, Verlander and Cole. They have a great lineup. Maybe a little weakness in the bullpen, but, you know, with home field where they won 60 games, I think they had never lost, like, more than two games in a row at home all year. So on paper, you're like, well. So then when Tampa takes them to five games, though, you get a little hope in your mind that, well, you know, Tampa, if they could take them to five games, the Yanks might have a puncher's chance here. Yeah. Um, and then when you take game one pretty handily, you're like, hey, wait a second. Maybe the Astros get a little doubt in their minds. You get them back on the ropes. So you start to have a little hope. But I mean, you know, the Verlander Cole combo is just is just deadly in modern day baseball to have two starters like that. The Yankees can't put anything close to on the field, anything, anything, anything on the field close to that. So, you know, that combined with a great lineup, I mean, they're they're a phenomenal team. So really, you know, you just kind of have to tip your cap and say, well, they were the better team. But it's like, you know, the Yankees, the Yankees are no slouches, theoretically, with their lineup. And, you know, the guys they have at various positions, their bullpen, not their starters, obviously, but their bullpen and their lineup. I mean, they, they you know, it should they should have had a better shot at this and, and should have acquitted themselves better than they really did. Yeah, so, but the, but the irony same. is you lose game two and you lose game six, which were both bullpen battles, which I, exactly, I agree with you. Right. I thought you had the advantage in those, you know, whether it was the nine inning game where each team used seven pitchers or the 12, 13 inning game like game two. Um, I thought that would benefit you. You beat Verlander, you know, in game right. five. Right. Um, but I, I just thought the flaw with this Astros team was all those relievers. And I, even Asuna, who has great stats, but I've had him in fantasy for, I think, three of the last three and a half years. There's something untrustworthy about him. Yeah. Even yesterday, Hench and I, because we, we own the team together, the League of Dirks team, we just kind of hated him, even though we had, even though his stats were good. We just didn't trust him. And he comes in up two runs, and we're like, oh, he's going to give up at least a run. He's going to make this interesting. Here comes the 32 pitch at bat. Yeah. I didn't expect the LeMahieu at bat was kind of legendary and he turned out oh, to yeah. be kind of the, the, uh, the MVP him and Torres, I'd say would be the, the two oh, biggest God, bright yeah. spots, right? Coming out of this. Oh, unquestionably. Yeah. Um, what do you do going forward? Because or <laughs> actually let me go backwards for a second. If All you right. could, if you could change Brian Cashman's mind on one move over the last six, seven months, what would it be? If you oh, could have a reset, reset button. Well, I would, thing. I would have, you know, I'm not sure how much his hands were tied, but I would have offered more money to uh, Patrick Corbin, a lot more money. I would have, when his agent didn't immediately call back, I would have called the agent back 
because that's his that was his thing well we made him an offer and then he never called us back and just took just took the nationals offer i mean you can be a little proactive you're you know you're the new york fucking yankees with, <laughs> with an unlimited payroll <laughs> if that's the guy you want if you need a starter and he's he's determined to be the best one on the market that's the guy that you should go and get and you should make him a godfather offer and get him in pinstripes whatever it takes don't let him negotiate with other teams don't say to him look, whatever you get, come back to us and we'll top it, you know, by a dollar or $10, whatever it is. I wouldn't let him out the door until he signed on the dotted line. I didn't understand. Even when you got him, I was like, oh, man, because he's always kind of scared me and Carnacion. But then when you get get to the actual playoffs and like Luke Voigt, who he wasn't incredible, but I don't know. Right. I, I just like that guy in big games. I Against the Red Sox, he, for whatever reason, I was always afraid of him when he came up. And I just didn't feel like that was the position you needed to upgrade. What you needed to upgrade was you needed another reliable pitcher. Like the fact that CC pitched in this series at all yeah. is <laughs> egregious. Absolutely. <laughs> I honestly... And, like, and the notion like, that they even had to have a bullpen game, you know, with Chad Green, who who was... Chad Green was very good in the postseason. He was very, very good. But... Yeah. If you're the New York Yankees, you, you don't want to be having Chad Green start a game, you know. And and the guy they did go and get and spend money on or made a trade for was Paxton, yeah, who who was great in his most recent outing in Game Five, but in Game Three, I guess it was no Game Two, he couldn't get out of the third inning, yeah. So you had to go to your bullpen early, and it's like as lights out as your bullpen might be. You just they're they're overtaxed, and you can't go to them over and over again. Um, now they held their own and Houston missed some opportunities, but I mean, what killed the Yankees is, is what, again, is what's killed them over the course of the last 10 years where, you know, they can't get a clutch hit to save their lives. And I, I know all the Ivy league boys that run the team and their computers, they say there's no such thing as a clutch situation or whatever, or there's or a clutch is not anything to be factored in. Well, but there are clutch situations. <laughs> I mean, when the Yankees have the bases loaded and D.D. Gregorius comes up and they, Houston switches pitchers and he swings at the first pitch and grounds back to the pitcher, that's not great. I don't know what analytics say, but you know what John O'Connell says? That's not great. Not good. Not good. When Judge comes up and strikes out numerous times with guys on base, when they have multiple guys on base and they can't do a goddamn thing to put any kind of pressure on Houston to tie the score, to take a lead, to maybe put some doubts in Houston's mind, they can't get any kind of a clutch hit. So you say, like, well, yeah, the Yankees have Torres and they have Judge and they're not paying him a lot of money. Judge is a phenomenal player. I said last night that he stinks, but he does stink in the postseason. I mean, he made some great defensive plays. He did some things. He got some walks. He's not there to get walks and get singles. He's there to hit the ball out of the ballpark with guys on base. And he strikes out every single time on that low and outside pitch. I don't know why they can't teach him, don't swing the bat at this. He, he did nothing. Gary Sanchez, you know, who, who's legendary in the regular season, 38 home runs and everything else. He can hit all the home runs he wants against Baltimore. What makes you a great Yankee is what you do in the postseason. And he, once again, is a complete no-show in the postseason. <laughs> so I don't know if it's in his head or what, but if you're counting on guys like Judge and Sanchez who carry you there in the regular season and put up phenomenal numbers, and then if they no-show in the postseason, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> my allergies, I'm not overcome with emotion here. Maybe it's a little of both. I was hoping um, you are crying. No, no, just <clears throat> just allergies. Um, so when those guys don't show up in the postseason, it's just deadly. And, you know, I think they could have certainly used another starter. I would have gone out and gotten Corbin. You know, at the deadline, they could have had, had Dallas Keuchel, who I, I know wasn't lights out, but is an upgrade over Jay Happ, 
that they could have just had for money without having to give up prospects. And the notion that the Yankees are ever going to get like outbid by somebody is, is so sacrilegious. I, I literally can't believe that George Steinbrenner hasn't risen from his crypt and strangled his son like a zombie. <laughs> because the notion that they can get outbid for players that they want when they desperately need pitching, starting pitching, you know, maybe that could have made the difference to get them home field. Maybe games one and two are, are in New York instead of Houston. Maybe you win game two and you start putting all kinds of pressure on Houston. Um so the, the fact that they get outbid on guys, and it's like looking forward now, it's been 10 years since they've, they've been in a World Series, and, and you look forward now, and all these people in my you know timeline on Twitter are like, oh, well, they'll go get Cole, they'll go get Cole. Well, well what have we seen in the Yankees' history in the last five years that suggests they're going to go get Garrett Cole? What have we seen in that? There's, there's nothing to show that. Or, you know, Strasburg opts out, they're going to be in on Strasburg. No, they're not. They're not going to spend any money, and what they're going to sell you on is, well, we ha- we've had a lot of injuries, and... We were set back by injuries, and we didn't have Severino all year. And now we're going to have a full year of Severino. And Jordan Montgomery is going to be back, and they're going to pitch you on Davey Garcia, this prospect they have. And that's what they're going to sell you on. So the notion they're going to go get Cole and they're going to go get they're going to go get Strasburg is ridiculous. And even if they did get those guys, I don't have any confidence they would do what they do with the teams they currently are on because the Yankees go out and get Sonny Gray, who's a Cy Young candidate. He's horrible in New York, and then he goes and pitches in Cincinnati, and he's like a comeback player of the year candidate. So I wonder if there's some, either it's Larry Rothschild who should be out the door tonight. I would have left him in Houston. Or there's some organizational philosophy where their pitching is, is not even adequate. It's, it's ridiculous. And Paxton, who was supposedly phenomenal, wasn't really lights out until the second half of the year when he suddenly turned it on. But the first half, he was not great. So I'm not sure what their analytics boys are doing with, in terms of pitching, but they need to upgrade the software on that. I have some and then good... you look around the American League, the Red Sox, I mean, whatever they do with Betts and Martinez and Sale and Price, you know, aren't getting any younger. The Red Sox are still going to be the Red Sox. They're, you know, a fantastic organization. They're not going anywhere. Oakland is good. If The Angels are apparently the favorites to get Cole. So if you, got, if you have Cole and Otani and Trout, suddenly you're, you're a dangerous team. The Twins just won 100 games. The Indians are always good. So it's not like, well, the Yankees will just, you know, They'll beat Baltimore 47 times again next year and, and win 105 games and waltz into the postseason and no problems. I mean, they can't the White Sox. That in. White Sox have a lot of dudes, too. Right, I have, the White I have Sox some good have news. All kinds of prospects. I have some good news for you. Yeah. Next year is the last year you have to pay Jacoby Ellsbury. <laughs> well, that's good. I've got that going for me. That's 21.1 million finally expiring. Yeah. Sadly, it's only the what second year we're going to be paying Aaron Hicks on his seven-year contract to hit 230 and be injured. And it's only what the third year of uh, of Giancarlo Stanton, who couldn't even show. I was going to first base. I was going to ask about uh, old Giancarlo. Um, yeah. What are, What are your thoughts through two years on the Yanks for him? <laughs> I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not the biggest Giancarlo fan. No. I, I literally don't understand how this guy, who who's like this, you know, Greek god physique, and I know everybody's going to be like, well, you know what it is? It's steroids. Steroids. PDs. Save your tweets. Just save it. I'm not in the mood. Save it. So uh, how the guy cannot run to first base as a professional athlete without ending up on the DL or the, excuse me, the IL for multiple days and weeks, uh, how he plays in game one, he, you know, he eventually hit a home run, I guess in game two, I think it was and rounding the bases. Somehow he injures himself. I, I, I just don't understand that. Well, I, I'm not a, I'm not even close to being a professional athlete. I'd like to think I could run 90 feet without being in the hospital. I have a question. Out of his 72 at-bats during the regular season, what was your favorite? <laughs> it's, it's hard to pick just one. They all were so good. <laughs> uh, th- there's two elephants in the room. 
I'll, I'll do the first one first. I don't feel like you believe in Judge. And he's supposed to be the next guy. He's right. he's taking the mantle from Jeter. He's the one of the new faces of baseball and all this stuff. And my feeling with you is you just don't seem to believe. Well, here's the other thing I'll say about Judge. <clears throat> I think Judge is a stand-up guy. He talked to the media last night. But you know what Judge does a lot? Judge has this, a lot of this swagger. And the Yankees have all this swagger. And they do this thing, you know, after they beat the Twins, which they do all the time. You know, they're handing out championship belts to Glaber Torres and they're walking the walk. And on Twitter, they're like, we're going to defend the Bronx. And, you know, when they're playing the Red Sox, he's playing New York, New York outside of their locker room and everything. And that's, everyone's like, rah, rah, that's great. You know what you have to do if you're going to do that shit? Back it up. Get a hit in the postseason. Get a big fucking hit. Get a clutch hit. Do something in the postseason. Walk the fucking walk. Everybody's good at talking the fucking talk. Walk the fucking walk. Do something. Derek Jeter and the Yankees of the 90s. They, they didn't talk a lot of smack. We're going to defend the Bronx. Jeter never said anything. You know what Jeter did? He produced in the postseason. Yeah. You know who did talk a lot? Reggie Jackson. You know what he did? Hit three, and I'm not a big Reggie Jackson fan and remotely. You know what he did? He talked shit to everybody and, and patted himself on the back till he broke his arm. You know what he did? He hit three home runs in a World Series game to single-handedly win it. Yeah. You can get away with that shit when you do stuff. When you strike out 29 times or, or you know, 41 times, 29 postseason games, take it easy with that, with the swagger. Do you think and people have mocked me up left and right on Twitter because now apparently the, the face of the New York fucking Yankees is Nick Swisher, who was on the Yankees for like three years and was known for big. He's like the Kevin Millar of the Yankees. He's like the clown prince of the Yankees. He's throwing out first pitches. And I'm reading on Twitter where one of the Yankees beat writers wrote a book and all these guys are so influenced by, by Nick Swisher when he was in Scranton and took them to the Waffle House. And they all love Nick Swisher. And Nick Swisher was Mr. Swagger and, and never did jack, jack shit in the playoffs or anywhere else for that matter. And I don't understand who it is that has appointed Nick Swisher as the face of the Yankees, but that's probably a big fucking problem in my eyes. I enjoy that he's the face of the Yankees because <laughs> the current face of the Yankees is the other elf in the room. It's it's been one title this century. Yeah. It's been zero World Series appearances this decade. And I feel like the Yankee fans are starting to get a little testy about it. I think it's time for I'm gonna be honest with you, I think it's time for Cashman to go. Wow. And I don't I don't know if it's Cashman and his you know, maybe he's hamstrung by Hal Steinbrenner, who has a unlike his father, has a budget and he's not gonna exceed it. But they're, you know, they're they're the kings of analytics. We have all these analytics and we and you hire, you know, you hire Boone to be the manager who has as has much say in decisions as I do, probably less. Uh, and, you know, he gets told what to do by the analytics boys. And the analytics boys have their computers. And so far, that approach is not working. The Larry Rothschild, Aaron Boone analytics crew ain't working because the New York Yankees, with their payroll and the level of talent that they allegedly have, should have at least been in a World Series. I'm not even asking you to win one. Can you be in one? I think, so. I think the Stanton trade really hurt them. Because it seemed like such a smart trade at the time, right? Well, that's the thing. I mean, he likes, you know, they basically gave them to him. Gave him yeah. to them. And they the guy was a, you know, reigning NL MVP. You start to, you know, salivate about the notion of him and Judge back-to-back in the lineup. And, you know, who would turn that down in retrospect? You know, when you're the Yankees and you can, you can afford to pay anybody, why would you turn that down? But, yeah, it's worked out disastrously. D.D. Gregorius, free agent? He's, yeah, he's, there's no way they're going to bring him back. Any, and fa- any farewell, farewell words for I, him? What the hell? Well, I enjoyed D.D. 
I thought he, you know, he is crazy to think he's the guy that replaced Jeter. And it was like, oh my God, who's going to replace Jeter? And how do you fill these shoes? He more than adequately filled that role. He has, he had numerous big moments in the regular season, but he's another guy that completely, you know, and he's recovering from Tommy John surgery, but you know, he's been back since like July, June or July. So I'm not sure we're going to use injuries as an excuse anymore, but he was terrible the second half of the season, terrible. And he was horrendous in the postseason, just horrendous. So and there's no way they're they're giving him a contract when they have, you know, they have Urshela and they have Glaber Torres and they have LeMayhew and they have Andahar coming back next year. So there's there's no way they're going to pay DD. Yeah, I think he's gone. How about uh, how about your boy Chapman? He can opt out of his deal. He's got two years, thirty million left, but can opt out. My guess is that he would opt out of that. Yeah, everybody seems to think he's going to opt out. I mean. You know, everybody was killing him for the for the smile or whatever, and, and ironically, I really wasn't because I think he was just like that was just like a shock thing, like almost like a shock, like oh my god, what just happened? Like you know, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, just complete shock. I don't, I can't kill him for that, and and I like Araldus. He's been like I'm on a first name basis. Of I like Araldus. Like he's not funny. What <laughs> <laughs> the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> I like a dog, you know, I was just saying to him uh, this morning. Uh, now, um, I like Chapman, you know, I don't understand. And this may be a phil- again, a Yankees philosophy thing. When you can throw 105 miles an hour, throw the ball 105 fucking miles an hour. And if you get beat when you're throwing a hundred plus tip your cap to him, don't fucking get beat on your second best pitch, a slider. Don't yeah. throw a slider there. Two times in a row. You know what? The Yan- in Yankees lore in 1996, Mark Wollers, who was the great closer for the Braves, he gave up a home, the home run to Lairitz to tie the game in Game 3, which turned the whole series around. He did it on a slider. Don't get beat on your second-best pitch. Mm. Well, Throw you, the ball 105. My guess is he's out, and Batanzas blew out his Achilles, so he's no longer an option for next year, too. So the vaunted bullpen death might, uh, depth might well, not he's, be yeah, the same. He's also a free agent, so... You know, you go from the bullpen depth that was their strength. If, you know, they're probably going to, I mean, I don't know if Chapman's going to opt out. I suppose he's going to. He's definitely uh, going to. He, he will definitely he, make more money than two years, 30 million. Yeah, true. Well, Although I thought you, he had another, I think he has more money than that. Dude. I thought he had a five year deal with the Yankees that this was year one of, but yeah. um, I, thought, I thought he had more money coming to him. So, you know, do they talk to him about extending it and, and making, <laughs> making the pot a little sweeter? Maybe, because otherwise you're looking at, you know, Conley and Britain, um, as, as your closer, one of those guys, a setup guy and the other guy's the closer. And, you, you know, they went out and signed Adovino, who was supposedly this, this another classic Yankees pitching thing. They go get Adovino, <clears throat> excuse me, who in Colorado was unhittable. And I'm watching these videos when they signed him and his slider and it can't move. It moves everywhere and nobody can hit it. Well, they hit it pretty good in the postseason because he couldn't get anybody out. Yeah. And he's another guy that came in and was like, wow, if I was to face Babe Ruth, I'd strike him out. Well, why don't you try to strike out the number eight hitter for the Astros before we go after Babe Ruth? How about that? <laughs> Can we do that before we start swaggering all over the place? I'm sure Nick Swisher loved it when he said he could strike out Babe Ruth, though. He must have been happy as a clam about that one. At what point do you just... Uh... Can you no longer look back at the 20th century and, and just look at the 21st century? Because I look at the Red Sox, you know, at obviously... the rate they're going, never I have to continue to look back to the 20th century. <laughs> obviously a drought for the Red Sox in the uh, in the 20th yeah, century that right. turned out not great, like maybe for the last 82 years, but 21st century has been really enjoyable. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I've I can see why had you a good time. present. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, you know, I try to look at the now, the here and now, Jacko. 
I don't know if either of our teams are winning the World Series next year. I mean, we have the the uh, Red Sox, the the sale extension. I I know nothing would make you happier than Mookie Betts leaving the Red Sox. You, the Schadenfreude of dumb yeah. things happening to the Red Sox is really what's starting to drive you as a Yankee fan, which is interesting because that used to be what drove me as a Red Sox right. fan, just hoping bad things totally happen to the Yankees. Reversed. It, it no does question. feel like a role reversal. It does, and it's, it's horrendous. It's awful. And and right now, you know, it's it's only 24 hours, so it's all very raw. And I'm like, why do I want to put myself through this again next year? What, am I going to get all excited because they're going to, you know, win 15 games against the Orioles and, you know, 12 games against the, the Blue Jays and, you know, split with the Red Sox and they're going to win 90-plus games and we're going to do this all over again next year? I, I don't know. I just, of course, come February, I'll talk myself into – Zach Britton is the closer and I'll be all gung ho, but wow. a broken, right now I'm questioning my choices. A broken Jacko. Before we go <laughs> though, um I was thinking with Giancarlo Stanton, maybe um maybe some yoga? <laughs> maybe lay maybe. off the free weights. Maybe. maybe. Maybe go to like a yoga vegan diet, talk to some some actresses in Hollywood out here and just try to reposition the body, maybe maybe not have so much bulk. Maybe like a little hot yoga. Hot yoga, that's a good idea. Dave Jacoby does hot yoga. A little hot yoga, like I think, loosen things up. You know, this is the thing. The old baseball players in the old days, they never lifted weights because they said it ruined you. So, Who are you going to root for in the World Series? Who are you rooting for in yeah. the World Series? Oh, I'm rooting for the Nationals. I gotta, come on, Joe House. Got to go with the Nats. Well, House is on a run. I mean, the Caps last year, the Mystics last month, and now the, <laughs> That's uh, right. now the Nationals. It's all coming up champions. House. Unbelievable. Uh, Jacko, thanks for popping on on a Sunday night. Uh, pleasure, nothing guess. makes me happier as a baseball fan, other than when the Red Sox win, than when you're very upset at the Yankees. So this was uh, great. Uh, talk to friend. you soon. <laughs> All right, bye. Take care. All right. Thanks to Sal. Thanks to Jacko. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to Square. It's more than just a little white card reader. It's a whole system of tools built to run and grow any kind of business from point of sale and payroll to invoices and online stores, go to square.com slash go slash BS to see all the ways you can take your business from square one to whatever's next. Don't forget about Palooza. It's coming Tuesday. Go to youtube.com YouTube slash ringer or follow uh, at ringer on Twitter or just go to the ringer.com and get all the videos that we're putting up all day Tuesday, including a bunch of stuff and a little little live event with me and Rosillo as well before the first game. So that's all coming. See you Tuesday.